Metaphysics is going to have to be the quote-unquote religion of tomorrow. If it isn't, you're fucked. Totally and absolutely. I'm <laughs> letting you know right up front, like my whole like existence is so fucking blown open right now <laughs> that trying to get this shit through like the fucking bottleneck of like human communication is going to be a challenge. And there's like a, a good chance I'm going to have like a, a super saiyan sucker moment here in public. <laughs> a super saiyan sucker moment, huh? Man, like I'm just so fucking blown open off this meditation shit. Like it is amazing. It's fucking yeah. amazing. Fucking no. amazing. Yeah. And it's wild because I just came. So here's like the full context. I just came off this 10 days of like rigorous silent meditation with like all this love and compassion and support and all this rigor and discipline. And it's so gnarly fucking effective. And then I leave the mountain and I come back home here to Elk Grove. As far as you can see, the sky is filled with smoke. Mm. <laughs> It's like apocalyptic. It couldn't be more like inverted. There's like literally, I was driving down the freeway. There's like shreds of car everywhere, like multiple car crashes because there's car crashes like every fucking day around here. So like the 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 two dynamics are like hitting me real hard right now, and I, I'm super honored and super grateful to like be here and even like make this a thing that's being witnessed you know <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely it's uh it's it's badass yeah i mean what's up with you bro how are you <laughs> i'm doing great i'm um yeah I, I was in cali for a week you went to la yeah i was in la for a week with my uh-huh. homies and it was beautiful i had a great time i had uh some dope food i had a dope ceremony on um Lionsgate on 88 you know we made sure we made some time for a, a awesome ceremony it was three of us super intimate you know what i mean and it was it was excellent we had some mushrooms i had two different types of mushrooms i had some uh <laughs> what kind did you have what, what two did you have well one of them was prepared in chocolates got it by some uh some people who like they grow them with some basically some some shaman take time to dry them for like a few days and it is super intentional and um they were prepared in chocolates the other one was some albino penis envy that was yeah <laughs> what? We have to break that down what well, is a, a a pretty popular strain of psilocybin mushrooms called penis envy Obviously, because of how they look, you know what I mean. So, okay, okay, I get it. And there's one called albino penis envy, which is a cultivar, and they're a lot smaller. Um, they don't get as huge as the regular ones, but they're this really weird bluish gray color rather than the brown, uh, tan mushrooms that we all are pretty much used to. I think I might have seen those before, I'm not sure. Yeah, so I've, I've definitely seen them before, but so I had, those were given to us as a gift because I was visiting, homie was like, here, man, take them, and I was like, word, so I had uh, the chocolates, uh, the mushrooms that were in the chocolates, and then I, while we were tripping, I ate some of the albino penis envy. So you went for uh, the heroic dose? I, I, well, I'm not positive about the dosage of the chocolates, so that's the thing, because uh, they give you a rough estimate of how much each bar 
is uh-huh. uh, with the mushrooms. So I, I ate four bars. <laughs> I ate four <laughs> bars of the chocolates. <laughs> and then I ate the uh, albino penis envy shrooms. And then I was served some hape by the homie who hosted for us. He uh, he serves. I don't know what that is. What's hape? Okay, hape is this sacred snuff mm. that Native Americans use. All different type of cultures use it. It's a, a special type of tobacco and a few other barks and herbs that they grind down into a fine powder. And then the uh, the person who knows about the most about the medicine, they serve it to you with what looks like a small, like uh, maybe antelope horn or something like that that's hollowed mm-hmm. out. And they put it in the end of it and they blow the tobacco up your nose. That's just like, uh, what's that shit? Uh, that people use it's from the rainforest, but it, it's uh, really good for. It makes you puke, I think. Now, I, I, I've well, never done that, but I, I kind of know the family what to talk about. It can if you um, if you take too much, it can definitely make you throw up for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was like I said, was really mindful. It was it mm-hmm. wasn't a lot because I'm a total beginner, so. Um, mm-hmm. I took some a couple days before we were all at a studio session together mm-hmm. and uh, it's very metaphysical studio session. They had the Orisha statuettes all over the place and everything. All was, of them? Yeah. Specific yeah. Ones. Well, specific ones for the session. They had Ogun yeah. up and Oshun was yeah. there. So yeah. it was dope. Candles lit, like a really dope studio session. And you I had a little bit of tobacco to a uh, Kalfu. No, not in this one. Mm. But, and they did have, um, some hape there that day so i took a little bit that was my first time and then a couple days later at the ceremony i took a little bit more because i it's it's a cool experience um what hape is supposed to do what the the point of it is to force you out of your head and into your body uh-huh. and that's exactly what it does wow so but and you did that with mushrooms <laughs> on yeah yeah on mushrooms yeah <laughs> Yo, see, that's the thing about me and ceremonies these days. I don't, I don't play around no more. Like I've, I've taken a hero's dose. So now when I trip, um, the party aspect, the fun, cool, let's giggle and have a good time aspect is not as appealing to me as it used to be. I, I allow it because there's always room for that. You know, during the ceremonies, we laugh, we talk about goofy shit sometimes. But my primary focus is piercing the veil, seeing behind the front, you know, lining up the downloads for my integration. Like, it's very specific for me these days. Mm-hmm. I don't fuck around, you know what I mean? Yeah, I so, do. so um, the hape does exactly what, it, what it's supposed to do. When they blow it up your nose, and the crazy part is uh, he, he'll blow it up one nostril, and then he'll take load up the next one, and you have to guide the horn to your other nostrils so you can get both you got to do both Mm -hmm. and after you do the first one you totally don't want to do the other one because (laughs) you don't you don't want to because i've never that's the only time i've ever used the uh nasal delivery system if you know what i mean i've never sniffed anything in my life so having the hape blown up my nose was like it was mind-blowing it's mind-blowing so it goes up one nostril your eyes are closed and watering because it's your freaking nasal passage. So mm-hmm. then you go to the other one and you literally, you can't think. You can't be like, oh man, this hurts. Or, oh, it's crazy. How long is this going to last? You can't. There's no room in your head because of the sensation. There's a little bit of a, I don't want to say a high. It's a euphoria. There's a, a buzz feeling. There's also the discomfort from, there's a little bit of burning from having this stuff in your nose. But mm-hmm. there's just no room to think. You're all 
in the feeling of it, the physical body feeling of it, and you get a few minutes of silence in your head. So, like, this is, you know, one of the things I fucking love about connecting with you is the synchronicities. And I believe what you just described in there is equanimity. Yeah, you could say that for sure. And that's, like, exactly what this whole fucking meditation trip was for me. For, for, it's in the practice, equanimity. So just to hear you speaking of that, like, right off the bat, I'm just like, it's fucking on. And then to hear the level of intentionality that you're bringing in it, and it's just it, it fills me with great joy, man. Just thank yeah. you for thank you for doing this shit for us. <laughs> no, but it, it's um, I, I kind of knew what. I, and also, we had acacia extract oil in a pen that we were hitting, so it's very similar to DMT. Not oh, wow, not crystal DMT. It's a it's more of a medicine man DMT than a scientist DMT. If you know what I'm saying. I, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of science to extract DMT in its crystal form. You got to know a lot of shit. You got to use naphtha, which is a chemical. Like, it just is what it is. It's almost like fucking making meth or something like that to get those crystals. But this was this really dark resin oil that was in a pen. So it's a lot. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. What did did you see, brother? Tell us. I'm going to say exactly what I said Uh. after I took the first hit. I felt like I stepped into a watch. I felt like it was inside of a watch. That's what it looked like, being inside of a watch. You saw the the mechanisms. The mechanism. I saw the, 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 they weren't gears, but it seemed mechanical, but smooth, and it made perfect sense. And it's very, it has a very feminine allure to it, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Was there a serpentine energy? Yes, definitely. It was super intriguing. It made you want to follow it. It makes you want to like. Did you see the elves? No, I didn't see anything humanoid at all. Nothing that was like, uh, nothing that could be identified as a a person or a being. I just saw fabric. Did Did you perceive a consciousness that you were not sure if it was yours? I know it's a blurry uh, distinction. It felt right? deliberate. It definitely felt deliberate. Like it was there for a reason. Mm-hmm. But when you're in there, like it was a lot like the hop for me. I couldn't think. I couldn't perceive of it. I couldn't analyze it. It was just so awe-inspiring that all I could do was look and feel. Like my brain was doing no work other than to interpret what I was seeing. But I couldn't. I, there was nothing I could do to oh, wow, what's that? Oh, this is right. cool. There was nothing going on in my head. I was in complete silence and awe just looking at it. But then once I was done, on after it was over, then the analytical part of my brain kicked in and was trying to figure out what I had seen, what it represents, what it might mean, like all the masculine part of trying right. to figure it out. But when right. I was in there, it was just like, seeing the most beautiful woman you've ever seen See, there was nothing else man. there it just that's, locked me that's, in that's the key to unlocking this gender fuckery we got going on yeah, it's yeah. it was very component. different very different there were two totally different things. and i noticed it uh after i was after it was done and i i kind of just had to sit back for a second the other guys i was with were talking to each other i just sat back for a second classic hand on chin, beard stroking, like, what was that? <laughs> and then I realized what I was doing. I was like, you're totally approaching this like a dude scientist trying to figure it all out. But when I was in there, it was just like, just complete awe and beauty and curves and fucking, it was in- in- Integration, right? Integration. 
Yeah, yeah, but I was forced. I was trying to force it as what it was. I wasn't just letting it happen. That didn't happen until a couple of days later. Even now, it still has an effect on me. But it wasn't a natural let it flow over you integration. Like I wanted to get paper and take notes and make calculations mm-hmm. and shit. But I just, I, it took me a while to let that go and just kind of mm-hmm. let it be. But I, I, um, I hit that pen probably four times that night while we were tripping. And the first two were almost exactly the same. The second two were a little bit different. And I think I know why, but it was just, it was just beautiful. It was so attractive. I, I don't doubt it was gorgeous. Do you mind telling me about those? So you saw the mechanism, you kind of like continued the story, the experience, right? Like you had the first one, you saw the mechanisms. Yeah. You hit the pen again and you kind of like were back there, like continuing. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Same place. Yeah. Which was so, amazing. Right. So then you say it, cha- it shifted? Yes. What so the second shifted? time I hit the pen, I took it into the bathroom because I wanted to hit it in what felt like an enclosed, a more closed, smaller space we were sitting in a big living room and it just it just told me like yo take this somewhere private like that's just how i felt so i took it into the bathroom and i hit it again i hit it harder the second time because i was more (laughs) sure the first time i was a little bit unsure so the second Uh time i hit it harder and uh i sat in the bathroom for a few minutes and it was the same visual it just was this um bronzish you know brass colored movement uh mm-hmm. smoother than gears but gears is what it looked like it looked like it had a purpose like it was moving something or controlling something like um and i just was like i said it was just an awe at the curves and the movement of it and how it wasn't fixed with my eyesight so mm-hmm. if sometimes when you trip you look straight forward you see some kind of distortion or some color scheme or some something, a light orb or something like that. But if you were to look to your left and then look to your right, the distortion follows you. Mm. Wherever you look, the distortion is, is there, the same one. So to me, that means it's in my eyes. Mm. You know, in, like in, it, in your in your consciousness. In my perception. It's in my yeah. it's in my eyes. So wherever I look, I see the same thing. This was different. This was like a fixed landscape. If I look yeah. to the left, I yes. saw something different. If I look to the right, something over there. It wasn't following my vision. Right. My vision was scanning the entirety exactly. of the landscape. So it felt a lot different. So the third time I hit it, we had progressed a little bit through the night. It was a little bit later. And we were talking about how uh, Drake, the artist Drake, huh? how he captures energies in his music and how He's quite likely working with spirit energy to uh, to make his product and and tap into certain energies in the people when they hear it. Like, you know, the love, the loss, the heartbreak, the party. Like, it's not just, oh, let's make this song. Like, it feels like he's injecting mm. this energy into it so that even if you don't like him, him as an artist, you may not like that type of music. But when you hear it, if you have anything that can uh, identify with the experience, it, it pulls you in because you know what he's talking about. You know what the music is about. So that's what we were discussing at the time. So he plays this Drake song. He was like, like this one. Have you ever heard this one? I was like, nah, this is crazy. It's about <laughs> it's about loss, mm. about losing a, losing a woman, but you improve after she's gone. So he's like, yeah, you were playing with me before, but look at me now. How about now? So it's like this, this little bit of arrogance, like, you know, <laughs> I've gotten better since you last saw me. But and then the, it, cycle, the cycle begins again. <laughs> right, of course, of course. So when that was playing, while it was playing, I hit the pen again. And that time, it, it was it, it was the craziest one of all of them because I felt like you ever notice like a 
if you put a picture into a kaleidoscope, mm. how yes. you can turn it and it looks, you know, crazy and the mirrors and all that stuff. But if you look close enough, you can probably recognize what's being kaleidoscoped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I got it. So totally got it. when I trip, when I hit the pen that time while Drake was playing, I felt like I saw the same motion, the same curves and shapes, but everything looked like a club kaleidoscoped. So I didn't see the pool table or the club couch, but I knew subconsciously that's what it was. It was using the energy of the song to feed me my vision because it wasn't just the clockwork anymore. Now it looked like a leather couch in the club with the neon light shining off it, but in a kaleidoscope or a pool table. I could still tell. So what it was. was. So th- let me get this. Let me play this back. And tell me if I ca- if I caught it right. So you were having a vision that was on one level your interpretation of like a location that you felt like a club from the information of the song that was hitting you. Right. However, the level that 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 level of consciousness and interpretation that you were having was kaleidoscopes. It was kaleidoscoped. It and was you could um, see, it was fractal. Yeah, and you could focus in and see the components that were being fractalized. That was used to create the mandala. Like right. if you made a mandala of a fruit bowl, you could be like, oh, that looks like a banana right there. That's an orange, right. but it's still in a mandala. It's right. still right. it doesn't make perfect literal sense. But if you really focus, you can see what was used to feed into the mandala or the kaleidoscope. So and it was it. amazing. It so, totally so, tapped into the music to feed me my vision. Okay, so check it. So considering what you were saying about the first two trips and you were talking about this feminine energy of experiencing and then the masculine energy of investigating, right? Right. Did, did those two pop up when you were exploring the kaleidoscope? Did you find yourself going in and out of those two states to try and like hone in on what your will was focusing on? No, the first two times I hit it, there was nothing I could do while the experience was happening. There was nothing I could do to think about it at all. It wasn't until it was done when I came out. I was like, yo, I feel like I came, went into a watch. It was feminine. <laughs> it was like all these other things. That was my first thought. That, I was like inside of a watch, a trippy so watch. Dope. But while I was in there, I, I couldn't think anything because it was right. too beautiful. It, I just couldn't do it. Oh, man. But the third so time, <laughs> the third time while I was in it, I was like, yo, this is a fucking nightclub. Mm. I, I had more consciousness the third time. Like I had more. But you didn't recognize it as a nightclub at first. You recognized it as a no, fractal and then instantly. realized the fractal. Instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew instantly. As soon as I saw the fractal, I was like, you motherfucker. This is, <laughs> this is like Drake's video in a kaleidoscope. Like, And I've never heard yeah. that song. I've never seen the video. But the the Acacia knew however influenced I was by listening to that song. It grabbed onto that influence and was like, I'm still going to show you the flower, the fractal, the I'm still going to show you that. But since this is where your uh, physical body, this is where the, the vibrations are hidden, I'm going to use this to show it to you. And yeah. instantly did, I knew what did, it was. You did that shit. The acacia helped you. Yeah. But, that but you did that work. Yeah. The first All two that consciousness the acacia. Well, I mean, no. Because the acacia. I feel like the first two was just the acacia because 
They were the same both times. I wasn't thinking about anything. I didn't know what to see when I went in there. The third time, I felt like it took the room and made the decision to give it to me that way. It felt purer the first two times. But the information isn't in the molecules of the acacia, right? The molecules of the acacia hit the incredible processing unit that is your body and your mind, and it allows for an it allows for a catalytic chain reaction of interconnection that just simply shows you what you're always doing. Well, okay. So the difference with, with Acacia is that this is where I'm sure you already know, but this is where Akashic comes from. Akashic records, right? right? So Acacia is, has been said from ancient Egyptians to everybody else it's the bridge, it's the doorway to the Akashic records. Mm-hmm. And all of these uh, civilizations who have recognized the Akashic records as a concept, it's always been a, um, not, I don't want to say static, but it's always been like a real location. It's not an imaginary location or something. So people who tap into the Acacia to visit the Akashic records, it's like saying, I went to the MoMA, I went to this museum. There's not a, there's no like, debate as to what the museum looks like or what's on the second floor or what's in the west wing (laughs) because you've been to the same museum like you yeah the dolly museum that painting's over there if you want to see this one you go left and then make a right that's how the akashic akashic records have always been presented it's an absolute place if you hit if you hit this acacia or dmt that's Mm -hmm. where you're going so the personal relationship the personal thing that you have doesn't cross over into the, right. It may cross over into how you're able to navigate it, but what's there is there. Right. And that's how I, I felt the first two times. What's there is there. I'm just seeing what's there. The third okay. time, I so felt you, like I was more involved in so, the perception of it. So in the first instance, is it safe to say that you, quote unquote, vanished? Yes. Okay. This is where shit gets really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely would say that for sure. Because I, I almost didn't feel like, like there was no, um, there was just no remnant of what I know to be me. It wasn't like I was third person, like I could see myself looking at it. That's not how it was. And while I was looking at it, I had no ability to process anything other than just to receive what I was seeing. It wasn't until I came out of it that I started to really process. The third one, I instantly processed what I was seeing. I was like, oh, this is that because of this music. And so it was a different experience the third time. So that's Mm -hmm. why I said I felt like it used what was already happening in the room and in the music to show me something different the third time, which was special because it felt more personal because Mm -hmm. the first two times was like, I don't care what you're thinking about or how you're aligned or how you're anchored in this room. I'm going to show you exactly was here so you can look yeah. at it. The third time, I fe- it felt like we were tandem. We were tied together. It took something from mm-hmm. me and used that to show me something. So I felt more included in the third one. It was Even, a dance. Yeah, it really, it was. It was. It, it like yeah. it allowed me to have some input in what oh, I was seeing. Sick. Yeah. So sick, man. I'm and so happy. Music. Yeah. So fucking happy that you had that experience. So grateful to even like be here hearing it (laughs) it was wild it was absolutely wild and uh also the biggest i think the biggest thing that i took away from this last trip was that um i was thinking a lot i knew i wanted to trip while i was in california like i have to it's my first time Mm -hmm. going i'm gonna figure out a way to make this happen and 
it just it, you know it just found me it came to me i didn't have to really work to do anything it just facilitated mm-hmm. itself synchronicity right but what i realized as soon as we like got started i realized that this trip wasn't necessarily about me mm-hmm. because i had a friend of mine i have a friend of mine who lives there he's been there for like seven years and uh he isn't as engaged in the work as me and the people closest to me have been for the past few years so we kind of see things not necessarily see things differently but we're just at a different stage of our journey mm-hmm. so he's still in his head a lot he's uh very self-deprecating and he doesn't even hear himself mm-hmm. when he's doing it and it's mm-hmm. like i'm very keen to it because i know how dangerous and destructive it is i had mm-hmm. to work my way out of it so when i hear him doing it i was like damn listen to this like i don't even think he knows what he's doing to himself so this is the thoughts that i'm having That's i didn't necessarily want to interrupt him and be like dude you got to shake that off you got to get better like i didn't want to do that but the third person who we were tripping with is way deep into the work he works with um ayahuasca he sits with the shaman like so he was able to talk to my other friend in a way that i wouldn't have because he's at a different stage of his journey he was able to sit down and break things down to him and 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 kind of call out the self-deprecation and be like, see, you can't mm-hmm. talk like that when you're here with us. And because because he was explaining something, my buddy was explaining something and he goes, look, man, I'm nobody. I just want to. And my homie stopped him right there. It was like, yo, don't say that. You can't say yeah. that. I wouldn't have done that. I would have heard it and I would have thought it. But I wouldn't have jumped out of, out there to say you can't talk to yourself like that. You can't say yeah. that because I'm just I don't know. It's just things that I'm still working through because. I'm still worried about interrupting people's process. And okay. he's at a different place so, because he's what, done ayahuasca fucking 50 times. Well, before, you what, know? He, what he did is a it's called, what I was taught is that that's essentially translates to English as a, it's a pattern interrupt. What he did. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, it's like, a, it's a spell. It's a, it really, it's a spell, right? Yeah. It's like, but it's like a dispel, right? Like you're dispelling a pattern. Yeah, and you have a, to a have counter, like it's a counter spell. <laughs> it, it's yeah, because it involves curving momentum or or actually ceasing momentum. But like to do a pattern interrupt, you have to know the pattern. Yeah, you can't just throw yourself in front of a pattern and 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 cause a, a, a simple collision <laughs> and then expect to say, yeah, I did a pattern interrupt. You know that that's different. Like your homie had skill. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like he met yeah. met he met that place of like, you know, that it's like a it's like it, it it's in a, in a way, especially you know, coming from a place of just having focused on love and compassion so intensely. I had a lot of conversations with people about violence when we were allowed to talk because we couldn't talk for 10 days. And when all the people when we were done, I was fascinated and and actually grateful but also guarded grateful because it's dangerous fucking work talking about violence when compassion and love and dhamma are on the line you know and uh but like the level of skill your homie had to know exactly what he was stopping so that before the pattern could like shift into something destructive he was able to meet it with like love and compassion and support and like uh, a breakdown break it down like i'm supporting you and learning this because we all love you and want you to grow like you know it's just it's just fucking love it's love skill shit you know yeah absolutely like props to your homie man like well that's why we were there you know he hosted the he hosted the whole thing when we got there he had the rug laid out with the orishas and the candles lit and like (laughs) 
He did the whole shit, you know what I mean? Oh, and that's, that's why we cool. went to him. That's why we decided to not trip and just walk down Hollywood Boulevard and laugh at the neon good. lights. And, you know what <laughs> because I could have done either one because I knew what I was going to get, Fair but enough. that's not what my friend needed. Yeah, yeah. He you guys needed did a, a healing ritual, medicine. bro. Absolutely. You guys straight up fucking... Yeah. Can we just get a moment to really just talk about this? <laughs> like, you literally came together as a group and healed your family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the work. This is the we way, need right? More of this. We need this, more of this so fucking bad. <laughs> this is the way. And I and I noticed, like I said, as soon as we started and things got moving, it just dawned on me. It was like this one is not about you. So you're gonna get what you need. You're gonna get your downloads, you're gonna integrate for the next few weeks. Everything's gonna be beautiful. But this one's not about you. That's yeah. that's your uh, that's in your skill set, that's your I want to call it humility, but that doesn't even capture the level of skill that you have that I've observed in like your ability to observe outside of like you, my vision of you, which by the way, uh, consistently has, I found the element of brass in your spirit. So when you mentioned brass in your experience, I was like, Oh snap. Uh, but you have this outward fractal where you, you it's like you're looking at yourself but there's also a consciousness looking at that self looking at the self but then there's uh, also yeah, a, yeah. and i think you know when i was first talking with <laughs> when i was first talking with you and pinky and i was really listening to all this shit and really just throwing my myself into the work around it at one minute at one point i was like i think these fuckers like 10th dimensional selves are trolling me like Every time I would come with this frustration or aggression or something I felt like I had to say or prove, you guys would do an episode that was any, anything I needed to say. Right, right. And, all, and, and I would, like, collapse. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, this, I, was, I don't know what to do now. Like, what's all this pent-up rage and, like, and, and just fighting energy I'm bringing in? Like, it was like the part of me that wanted to engage and fight. There was also play in that, but, but it was like the work is more important, right? Yeah, so absolutely. You guys, you guys would just do the fucking work, and then I would just trip over my shoes. And so that by the time you'd have me on again, I was like, I don't, I don't know what I want to talk about. I think I'm just gonna ramble. <laughs> but that that's useful sometimes too. But it was <laughs> it was dope because uh, I got to see, you know, I got to see my friend start a new journey. You know that's what I'm saying? Beautiful. I got uh, to see him start a new journey. I got to see work. him the next couple days with this brightness in his eyes and his oh, fucking, this lightness in his step, you know what I'm saying? Sadu, Sadu. And also my other friend who I've known over 20 years, we made music together. Like we've, I've known him a, a, a really long time. And um, to see him in the, in the state as a facilitator and to be able to say the things that I wouldn't have said because I'm still, um, he's done a lot more communal healing work. Like he's, He's literally with the shaman and the people who do this shit, indigenous people who do this all the time as their way of life. Like he's with them. And all my work has been done either by myself or home with my wife. And it's a very intimate mm -hmm. thing that we do together. I haven't had um, medicine healing ceremonies with multiple people and learn how to speak openly to them. I'm, I still, I still have this thing in my head where it's like, well, I don't want to come off as some know-it-all teacher who's going to school you about how you talk to yourself. And my other homie, he's past that level of self-analysis where he can just openly say what he thinks need to be said. So 
it wasn't necessarily just me that my one friend needed to trip with. He needed to trip with the guy who's on a different frequency even than I am. Mm-hmm. So so it was about bringing them two together and allowing them to to have some uh, some interactions with each other while I kind of just sat there and had my own things going on. We all talked and it, it was going in a triangle in all different directions, <laughs> but I knew like without a shadow of a doubt that it was it was about him coming to this place and having a healing ceremony with us. Mm-hmm. And that was the main gravity of the situation. That's what it was about. So I was just I was just happy to be there and see it happen and know that he started a new journey while I was there. Like, you know what I mean? So you got to witness that shit. Yeah, it was dope. It was dope. <laughs> and that's what this whole thing is about. You're collecting evidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what the whole thing is about. Because everything I was saying, everything I would have said to him about how he talks about himself and how he, you know, gets all neurotic about certain shit. Like, okay, so there was this one time we were stopping at this place to get like iced coffee or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he parks behind, uh, there's a store right next to the coffee place that was like being renovated. So he oh, parks wait, wait, behind. There was a what right next to it? There's a, a, a new store being renovated. Okay. Right next to the coffee place, so, so it's all empty. So it was all boarded workers. up and like. Well, it was it, it was workers there. They were carrying stuff inside, like they were doing okay. work actively to this place. Got so it. he parks right behind one of their trucks, and when he parks behind the truck, he looks at the truck. He sees like boards of wood leaning, and he goes, "Those guys are gonna hit my truck with that wood." And I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, they're gonna hit my car." I was like, "Bro, why, why would you just assume that they're gonna hit your car?" <laughs> And he's like, no, it's not me. It's not me being, you know, freaking out or being neurotic or nothing. It's just science. Like, if you, it's just physics. If you just look at the way I'm parked and the size of those boards, they're going to pull it out. They're going to hit my car. And I was like, bro, if you want your car damaged, I'm sure you can have that. Like, that's on the menu <laughs> if you want it. If you really want it, you can have it. But there's no reason to assume that they're going to damage your car, bro. And this was pretty much what he was doing the whole time we was there. He, he just worst case scenario. He's a professional worst case scenario guy. Oh, oh you know what I call that? Disaster baiters. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty accurate. Like like, like masturbators, but but yeah. disaster disaster. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's because that's just what he was doing. And I was like, do you do you even know? which you could possibly be calling in or manifesting in your life with all of these uh, negative assumptions. and But I would never, at this stage of where I am right now, I would never say that out loud. I think it in my head because I know the power of the mind and manifestation mm-hmm. and all of that, but I wouldn't just blurt it out. If we were having a conversation about manifestation and the power of the mind, then I would go into that as an aspect and how you can, but I would never just in the moment be like, bro, you can't do that because you're going to call in negative shit to your life. Like, I'm just not there. I think it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think it, and I know how, how much truth there is in it, but Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't say it. Because words have power. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why why I'm, that's really at the heart and root of why I'm on that whole anti-ableist language shit. It's not, yes, I have emotional shit around it and I have history around it, but that's the skin. That's the ego part. The the math of it is that if we want to create and repeat these rituals of healing consistently in our culture, then we have to make space for that. And right now it's filling a lot of space. It's a lot of this just strong versus the weak energy, you know, and ableist language at its root is based in that. It's not right or wrong. It's just structural. 
And so when we start making more psychic space, like removing these old ideas that we can just break down scientifically is like, this is just not helpful language for having a dope ass society because not because it's fucking politically correct or any of that horse shit, but because it's fucking magic. (laughs) It's like our words, we're fucking, we're, we're amazing. Like we're so fucking lucky to be human beings right now. And the powers that we have at our fucking fingertips are, are we've been robbed and lied of them for hundreds of years. And the work that you and your family is doing and your relatives, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's evidence. <laughs> Do I need to say more? You're the one who's collecting it, witnessing it. I'm just fucking sharing my words and thoughts and experiences in the work with what I hear you talking about. No, yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. And I and I, I get it. And I know that I, I won't be in this place forever. There might be a time where I hear my friends self-deprecating and I might just stop them mid-sentence and explain the importance of speaking positive and all of that kind of stuff. I, I, I may be there one day, but right now, that's just not where I am. Well, well that's, but that's just one technique. Here's the thing, bro, you're powerful as shit. Like, Again, like things I've witnessed in your spirit and your art and all your vibes, man, like you don't have to see that as the only way to, to move with that energy. You could you could if you're you know, a pattern, a pattern interrupt is not always a brick wall. Sometimes it's it's like, uh, you know, imagine your friend is like a fucking F-16 flying through the sky. You're and you, you're both in F-16s. Right. And and the. What, you know when they, they, they fly in formation, right? Like they're trained yeah. to, 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 to like fly at a specific distance and cal- uh, uh, orientation of each other and pull off maneuvers while staying in that, uh, in that interconnected like agreement through skill, right? Yeah. So you can like – if your friend – if you take the analogy of your friend being like an like a F-16 and you know he's flying a certain way, you know, you could put a wall in front of him. <laughs> You could. Again, that takes a lot of skill. And you guys were doing a ritual. So it, 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 that's, you know, you, you, it's not something you might want to do on the middle of the street with a friend. But in a ritualistic safe space, you could do something like that. But you can also just like, you know, pull up next to your friend and do a little like influential move that slowly pushes him. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like that's also a pattern interrupt. In right. fact, those ones and they're, they're a different level of skill because if you're going to directly interrupt a pattern, you have to be skilled enough to deal with the consequences of a whole lot of energy all of a sudden stopping, which like everything's interconnected. Everything has momentum. Every action has a, a, a reaction and a, and a cause and an effect behind it. So all that spiritual life energy, all that dharma, all that you know, life that's moving through that human, and then your friend goes, you know, not only was there a safe enough space in the ritual that you guys did, so that he wasn't like, oh, fuck, I'm in trouble, right? Because right. he, he felt so safe deep in, like, you guys had set the intention in the ritual to create such a level of safety that his vulnerability was strong enough to exist in the presence of such an impact, right? But, like, you can still know that your friend is on that path and still pull up beside him in the near future and, you know, guide him in subtle ways that are, that are still sharing your thoughts and the wisdom that you know is going to bring healing, with with just a different level of like you know your vibe basically it's a, it's a skill and style thing oh yeah the whole thing was amazing it, was, it went exactly as it was supposed to go 
Mm-hmm. So that was definitely the, one of the main uh, highlights of the trip was that night. And I didn't even realize until after I was already in California that I was going to be there through 8-8, you know, Lionsgate, which was like, I mean, I knew because of the dates, of course, but I just hadn't focused on it. It was like, <laughs> oh, this is the day we should trip, and this is going to be this powerful cosmic alignment. Like, it had never crossed my mind. It just was, I was just there. And then a couple of days before, I was like, holy crap, this is what's coming up. This is perfect. This is exactly what we need to do. And because a year, a year ago on 8-8 is when we released our coloring book. So, And that's the reason that we released it on that date. We had been charging up to get it done for so long. It was finally done. I didn't know so, when we were going to release so it. So this, this, let me see if I get this straight. This ritual happened on the anniversary of your creative, yeah. like, birthing a year yeah. prior? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even, like, think about it. No, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I didn't think about it at all. <laughs> I love this shit, man. Yeah, it, so, was, it was beautiful. Let, let me fly something your way. Tell me, because this is fresh off the fucking like Dharma me- meditation. Those synchronicities, I think that's karma. Right. I, and and I like I feel like as soon as I utter those words, there's millions of misunderstandings blossoming into the ethers. <laughs> Because people take that concept and they use it or misuse it or weaponize it or or react to it or don't react or whatever. Like, it's an explosive idea, right? But but even if you took the idea of karma and just said, let's just say it doesn't exist, it's not a thing, right? The synchronicities, I mean, I've been talking with you for a while. We, we're seeing them, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, like, you have this synchronicity. You're sharing it with me. I'm sharing synchronicity with you. You're talking to people about it. I'm talking to people about it. The synchronicities are real. The question is, is it, is it, how much of it is, is, is so conscious that we can literally change the paradigm with as little effort as possible? I think is the practical question. Right. 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 Yeah. I was, um, well, one of the posts that I made when I came back, well, I started, yeah, I, I saw this, um, this beetle. When we were leaving the friend's house, we were going to be tripping later that night. So we're leaving uh, a guy. So we well, we hung out the guy who gave us the mushrooms. We're leaving his house on the way to the ceremony later that evening. I um, I saw this beetle on the ground, this green beetle with like gold trim on his wings and shit. It was just on the ground right in my path where I was walking. I was like, holy shit. We had yeah, just scarab. walked in. Well, yeah, scarab. Exactly. We had we were walking in. I didn't see it. As we're walking out, I see it on the ground. So I stop and I take a picture of it. Fuck uh, yeah. It's cool. Take a picture. Then uh, a few days go by. I get home. And while I'm in Cali, I start telling my friend, because the day after the trip, we, we, of course, we're integrating. We're talking a lot. And he's saying about how um, some old experiences that he had had with uh, with psychedelics, with, with women, like all these things, and that he was talking negatively about the experience i should have done this or i should have done that and i was like the same this is the same friend who was self-deprecating yeah prior yeah okay he was saying like i should have done this i should have done that and i was saying the only difference is now you get to wait things out and see how the loop closes right so Mm -hmm. what's happening is 
you're you're judging too soon because it's like listening to a long poem. Sometimes you got to wait for the rhyme to come. So you have this one event and you think that uh, that is the event in and of itself. That's just what the thing is. But later on, you can have a similar event that you see in a different way that affects you differently. And these two things rhyme in a sort of way. It closes <laughs> the stanza, right? Mm -hmm. You just haven't mm -hmm. seen the stanza close yet. So mm. we're still hanging in the balance. You just got to wait it out. Next time you go around the spiral, you'll see it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, just wait till things keep moving. So then I get home and I walk outside with my phone. I'm like, oh, I got to take some cool pictures of the garden. And I see literally the exact same beetle on, on a tree in my front yard. So I take a picture of that one, too. And then that, that's when I made the post about how experiences can start to rhyme like stanzas in a poem, because Beautiful. it's just a reminder. It's just it was a small thing for anybody who didn't experience it. But to be, of course, you know, science, this beetle, it, it lives in both places. Clearly, it's not like, you know, it was this special. It doesn't have to be special if you don't make it. Synchronicity. But, the way I saw it, right, Beautiful. <laughs> it was synchronous because of the experiences I was having. I was in a place I had never been and, and in a city, concrete, like all of this stuff. And then I'm here in my garden and I see the same two beetles. I'm like, yeah, there's definitely something here. So mm -hmm. that's what that's the synchronicity does. It, it'll show you these access points. And if you're mindful and patient and you're paying attention, you start to see the haiku build itself. You see mm -hmm. something that looked like a random, mm -hmm. insignificant experience. Mm -hmm. If you see the next one a month later, you're like, oh, this is that thing coming back mm -hmm. to visit me, closed it to bookend this experience. Yep. So it was, it was, it's very do, different. Do you remember when I was on last that I was like really digging in my heels? I was like, it's all feedback loops, bro. I'm telling you, it's all fucking feedback loops. Any single point of consciousness is going to interact with something that is going to feed back to consciousness, yeah. period. That is an unarguable, like it's not, it's not superstition or spirituality. I mean, it's spiritual, but it's science. It's, 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 it's you, if you have, if you're alive, you have sensation. <laughs> If you yeah. have sensation, you have awareness. If you have awareness, you're perceiving reality on some level, and then that is a feedback loop. It's a constant feedback loop. And, right. and the, the, your ability to play the long game is, I feel like, a talent. You know, like, uh, you know, I, I want to make a distinction between talent and skill, and I don't want to get stuck in a binary where it's one or the other because that's not the shit I'm talking about. What I'm saying is that talent like, is like gift, right? So like that's I feel like one of your gifts is your ability to perceive the long like it patience. That's what it yeah. is. It's patience. Yeah. It's patience. I think that's the quality I'm describing. Which which uh is a powerful fucking thing, man. It's it's um <clears throat> I've kind of always had this kind of thing going on in my brain. Like uh it's it's a little different, but you you'll probably see where it connects. Like I was the guy who would have a crappy used car and instead of saying yeah i'm gonna you know save up some money and buy a new car i'd be like i can fix this one up maybe if i just put some new doors on it and repaint it and like that's always been 
the person I was. Instead of just abandoning something, I'd be like, well, maybe we can make this something new and along. So, and now I apply it to fucking crypto and the stock market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the same, mm-hmm. the same energy. I don't have this impatience. They'd be like, oh, it's got, if the stock don't make the money I want it to make mm-hmm. in two weeks, I'm going to sell it and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, I'll, I'll hold it for a while and see what mm-hmm. happens. And I'm, I'm uh, experiencing that right now because Things that I've been holding in my crypto portfolio for four or five months are starting to wake up and get some gains right now. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm being rewarded for the first time. I'm being uh, rewarded monetarily, financially, however you want to call it, for for that perceptive patience, that long game ideology is coming to fruition for me in this area that I've never really dabbled in. So. Hmm. It's definitely powerful. It's been good. It's good for me to experience because I make these calls and I say, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And sometimes you don't, you're not patient enough to let it work itself out and let it blossom on its own and let the seasons go how they're going to go. You say, I'll screw it. I'll get rid of it. It it didn't work out and blah, blah, blah. So to see myself fight through all of those feelings, should I sell it now? Should I do this? Oh, it went up this much. Should I get rid of it and just fight through it and just say, no, just sit on it, just relax. And then it starts to really bubble and really uh, show some returns. That's just a, that may not always be the right choice, but for me, it was it's powerful to see those calls that I made come mm. back and be fruitful. You know mm. what I mean? Same thing with the fruit trees. It's very, very similar to that. Like you can have a fruit tree for five years before it makes any fruit. That don't mean you chop it off and dig it up and throw it in the garbage before it makes fruit. You just wait it out, be cool, make mm. sure it's taken care of, make sure it's getting what it needs. And I learned that in the garden. And you certainly can't force it. <laughs> you cannot force it. Well, I mean, you can dump a bunch of uh uh, fertilizer and chemicals on it to try to force fruit it, which a lot of people do. Good but point. that's a what that does is it, it <laughs> shortens the life mm-hmm. of the plant. You'll get fruit a lot earlier, but it may only live seven years. Whereas mm-hmm. if you let it wait, it could live thirty years and give you fruit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful. So Beautiful. it just de- just depends on what you want out of the experience. You know what I'm saying? So I chose to take the long game in the garden. A lot of people do want to hurry up and and uh, get things done right away. I've felt it. I've definitely felt it. I'm like, man, it's been a long time. This thing ain't going the way I want it. This is not happening. But I waited out. I don't use chemicals to force things to happen. When I see little pest infestations or something like that, instead of getting a bunch of sprays and shit to just kill it all, I say maybe I need to plant a different type of flower to attract the beneficial insects that will kill the pest. And mm-hmm. I just give myself and the garden, the time to breathe and the time to do it in the way that nature would do it rather than going to grab some spray. Except when it comes to wasps. Wasps die today. I don't, <laughs> fuck, around. <laughs> I don't, I don't fuck around with wasps. Wasp nests, that's when I go to the store no. and buy that spray that shoots 60 feet of foam. Uh, <laughs> like that's yeah, wanna, I don't play with wasps. You want to talk about aggressive-ass insects. I'm, 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 I'm super stoked that you came to California. And I, I, I really hope you get to come back before it's all burned down. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, uh, I hope you get to spend some time in the ecosystem of the mountains of California. Yeah. It is your ability to absorb atmosphere and, and to take in all the data of the levels of life and, and matter around you. To, to have those senses, it's an exquisite treat to sit in, in that environment. It's, it's unlike 
very few other places. I mean, I don't know. It's very unique, right? Yeah. It's like it's like halfway. It's like a third of the way between a desert, a forest, and a valley, and a mountain at any given point for thousands of miles. And it's so dry, but there's so much life. So it, I, I'm bringing this up because you're talking about aggressive insects. Like when you're up in the mountains, like none of the insects fuck around there. They're like, they're barky like the plants. Right, right. right. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's so dry. Tough. Like environment. Like yeah. every single one of the bugs, even, even on the smallest level that I could see. And I spent a lot of time just because I was, sometimes the meditation was so painful. I had to get up and go walk and just look at the environment and stuff. But like even the tiniest little bugs were just like, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I will come towards you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. there was like all these levels. It. I swear it was hilarious. This is where I was like cracking up. I was trying not to laugh too loud to disturb people, but like every single one of these levels of insects was like so confident and aggressive. Yeah, and, dude. Just, and constantly being punked and eaten by the next level up. <laughs> yeah, nature don't fuck around, bro, especially like, in those type of environments. Like the level of like I'm a fucking predator. Oh, look at this. Mm, I got you. Huh? I'm a predator. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, dude. all the way up to the lizards. The lizards just coming in and regulate. <laughs> there was all these blueberry. I guess they had a successful. It's been a successful season for the blue. The, the, I think they're called barn lizards. The blue belly lizards of California. Because there's all these babies everywhere. <laughs> just rolling up on all these aggressive ass wasps. And just like, oh. <laughs> and <God>. to walk. <laughs> To watch a wasp, which is just such an asshole. Yeah, seriously. Get, get punked by a lizard is just, it's, it's, I mean, I'm a petty ass individual because I think that's funny as fuck. <laughs> yeah, wasps are assholes 100%. And that's why, I like, that's, that's where I draw the line when it comes to uh, <laughs> the ecosystem. I'm like, everything plays its part, everything has its purpose. There's a wasp nest, kill it fucking set it <laughs> on fire hit it with the flamethrower i don't give a shit i don't play around with wasps bro because they so, don't play around so it's so there's so many insects that i have to deal with in the garden and I, it's like all of them i can recognize the symbiotic relationship and the position that they have but most wasps there, there's one wasp that's on my property right now that i don't bother mm. and it's called a forward wasp that one is fine like? It's a little tiny wasp with like it's black with white spots. They're awesome. They're super cool. And they only go this is the first time I've ever, ever seen wasps congregate around a plant. First, okay, so I've seen huh. bees who dig the plants and they're uh -huh. all over it. And I've never seen wasps really swarm a plant. What were they doing? Were they pollinating? Were they going out? Yeah, they the love it. They absolutely love it. They're all over it all day long, except when it's raining. They don't fuck around it. But uh, it's a plant called a scorpion tail, and it has these tiny little white flowers. And the wasp, are, I've never seen the wasp until we got the scorpion tail plant. It's a Florida native. I'm looking at it. Oh, it's beautiful. Whoa, it's fractal as fuck. It's awesome. Awesome to look at. I love it, dude. And it grows like mad. And we were at this native plant is it, nursery. Is it a mint? No, it, but it looks like it. The leaves look like a mint. Does it have square or round stem? Um, it's like a square stem. Yeah, it's. I think that's. It's like that weird uh, merging that of. It's like a family of like mints and salvias. Yeah. Yes, yeah. uh, they share that yeah, square. Yeah, I've stem. had African potato mint. I've had a few things that have the same type of vibe, but this uh, lizard tail. I mean, a uh, scorpion tail plant. 
We got it from a native plant nursery. Yo, there's and... a prickly scorpion tail. Holy yeah. shit. There's a prickly one of these motherfuckers. <laughs> Damn. Oh. All right. <laughs> so once we got it, we planted it in the ground. And it took maybe a month, maybe a month or something like that. And then I started to see these little wasps on it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, wasps congregating around a plant. Very rarely do I see them on plants. And then once it got warmer, sun, it was in full sun, the summer started to kick in, and I'd go outside, and there'd be 50, 60, 70 wasps all over this plant. And I'm like, dude, what the hell is happening? There's wasps all over the place. I'm like, I'm going to have to get rid of this plant because I don't need wasps, 50 wasps in my front yard. So I look at the plant, I take pictures of it, and the wasps weren't aggressive. They don't, they don't bother you. So I looked it up. They? It's called a forage wasp, P-H-O-R-I-D, I think, forage. Uh, oh, no, wait. Foraday. Oh. No, not forage, not forage. That's the fly that kills yeah, that's... the, um, that's the fly that kills fire ants. This is called a scolid wasp, S-C-O-L-I-I-D, maybe. Scolid wasp. Oh, they're adorable. And I remember it from scoliosis. They do look a little mad. Like, I would definitely be like, I don't know, man. That's what I said. So I looked it up, and they're like, no, scolet wasps are some of the most docile, chill wasps you'll ever see. You got to really mess with them for them to sting. You got to, like, grab it and touch You know what I mean? You got to really piss them off. Tolerant. <laughs> yeah, super tolerant. So I left it. I didn't, I didn't take the plant out. I do trim it a little bit to cut it back. But uh, these are the coolest freaking wasps ever. I wouldn't so, bother them. So what do they do? They, they pollinate. They pollinate this plant. They use the... Uh, the pollen from it to do other things. And like I said, I just haven't bothered them. I haven't right. seen them try to make any nests on the plants or nothing like that. They gotta be nesting somewhere. Somewhere, but they not around this plant. Right. Wherever they live, they're chilling. And like I said, I never saw this wasp on our property at all until they, I got this plant. Do they, do they keep other wasps? Like I'm wondering what other stacked functions that organism might have, right? Oh, like they, um, they lay their eggs inside of grubs. So, so it's they keep flies away. Grubs, they keep the beetles, uh, the the beetles the that, that, that eat. grow underground, they go underground, they eat the roots of your plants. Yeah. And I've always been looking for a way to deal with my grubs. I had oh. no idea, right, I had no idea <laughs> that this plant would attract the wasps that preys on the freaking grubs. It was like a perfect, it's like, holy crap, this is beautiful. We right, just got it, sorcerer. the plant was nice. Right. It's pretty. Right, you're a sorcerer. It was, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is pretty. Let's get this one. And it solves one of my most long-running problems that I haven't figured out how to solve. And it's not a big problem. You know, there's grubs. We got mulch. They like the wood chips, but they also can get into your garden and fuck up your plants, and they eat the roots and shit. What you're doing is biotechnology. Yeah, yeah. After this freaking... You don't, you don't need a computer to do it. <laughs> It was amazing. When I finally looked it up and was like, well, what is this wasp and what does it do? And I'm like, holy crap. Did I just inadvertently attract <laughs> a solve to the problem that I've had since oh I've been... Oh, my God. That's fucking amazing. Unbelievable. 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 My favorite I mean, wasp. That's, excuse me. No, it's not unbelievable. It's completely believable. And I, I'm not going to lie. The more I find myself believing in what we're talking about, the more terrified I become. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's one of the things I experienced. I'm just going to come out and say it, man, uh, while it's fresh. When I was up on the hill, I, I, I fucking hit this place that, like, I, I didn't even want to ask my teachers if it was real. You know what I mean? 
Right. Because I don't, I don't, I, it was, it was so terrifying. It was like being underwater and looking up and you're like an inch away from the surface of the water. Right. Right. And, and you know, if you pierce through something's going to change, but it will change absolutely everything. And I, I, it's all I had, every single insecurity, every single, what they call sankaras in the discipline that was, was still set in my, basically my subatomic biochemical level wasn't smooth enough to release into actually piercing through. Right. And it was fucking, I, I think the shit we can do is miraculous. You know, it is. I think that the evidence requires diligent observation and that's like where the work starts. You know, the, I don't, I don't know what started you with like paying attention to this shit. You know, uh, I don't know if you were born with, you probably were born with it. I don't know what, what unlocked with it, but I hope whoever listens to this finds that in their life right. very much. hope that because you're a fucking miracle. Anybody listening, you're a fucking miracle. Like we're so lucky. <laughs> So check out this hat, Don. I want to toss. I I came up with this while you're talking. Okay, actually, it, it solidified while you were talking. I, it was reverberating in my consciousness, but it wasn't solidified yet. Uh, and you helped me solidify it. So in our world right now, it is not a lie to say that there is great, great change that is incredibly painful going on. Correct? Absolutely. Okay, so that's I'm not lying, right? <laughs> and I'm not. I feel like I, I'm speaking from that place of terror recently having touched in myself and then being so close to something that just proves to me again and again that each one of us individuals is character is capable of changing reality on levels that we haven't been calibrated to even imagine yet, you know? And <laughs> fuck, what was I saying? I think I lost it, Don. Fuck. Uh, it happens. <laughs> it's still out there. It, it, oh yeah, so the hack, so the hack, okay? Shit's scary. You don't have to lie to yourself and, and you can be brave and scared at the same time. You can be miraculous and frightened at the same time. That's a real allowable human experience, right? <laughs> There's a lot of vibes in the air right now of people talking about, we need to do something to avoid something. Is that a lie? No, that's, that's, uh, that's accurate. There is a lot of that energy in our environment. I'm not making this up. We got to do something to avoid something, right? Right. Like, see the curve I just laid out? Yeah. That's the stanza. That's the meta vibration rippling through thousands of different paradigms, right? That's the thing that when you were looking and you knew it wasn't in your eyes, you knew it was a landscape, right? Right, yeah. So that macro meta vibration is real and being expressed through all these different perceptions and root experiences from which those perceptions are shaped. Is that a lie? <laughs> no. Okay, so here's a hack. And the hack does not involve a lie. It involves a truth that exists to the terrifying realities that are shimmering in people's perceptions, which is that change is always happening first and foremost. That's kind of a rudimentary understanding. So everything's gonna change. That shit's going to happen no matter what. Even in a utopia, there's going to be natural disasters. Life is going to be hard and terrifying. That's something we got to understand. But right now in history, in the mind sphere of human beings in America, at least, which is what I'm most tied into, 
it's not that if we don't do something, something bad will happen or not. Like that we can set aside and also acknowledge there's a truth that right now there is a unique opportunity to do something that we perhaps never had before as a species. Yeah. Exists concurrently in like that quantum state of what can be and what is with all this terrifying shit. It's that I drove off the mountain and saw shredded cars around me and the air is literally full of fucking smoke. From my, I, I, I don't know, I haven't even looked at the news since I got back. It, and that's gonna, this is, I don't wanna personalize this too much, but that's the hack. Yes, if we don't do something, something bad is gonna happen, that's true. But we also have a unique opportunity to do something right now in existence because of our ability to interconnect, right? right. That's counter to the to the stuck energy of the rudimentary observation of causality, cause and effect, and watching these patterns, you know, it's it's difficult to talk about this and, and and it's when you're talking about manifestation, you know, everything that you talked about, you know, over this last for however long we've been talking, you never once really spoke about fear. Right? Right. Yeah. So that's I'm not I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just observing that in the vibrational matrix calculations, right? Right. <laughs> so if you know, if you found that wisdom that you know that the element, the rudimentary human elementary experience of fear distracts you from aspects of your ability to use skill and vision to shape reality. Right. You've you've managed to calibrate yourself and, and your relationship and your environment so that you can operate with almost no fear. Correct. I'm working towards it. You seem I, like I, I understand, the map, you know, yeah, I understand the importance of what the purpose that fear can serve. And in reality, I get it. But um, I think it has way too much control and influence over our lives right now in a current state especially with everything that all the protections and everything that we built around ourselves i think our the fear center of our brain is overactive at this point and I agree. things appear more dangerous than they actually are but i just got a message from the big homie pinky he's uh he's ready oh, to, shit. to come into the show so I'm looping him in right Shit. now. <laughs> I'm gonna loop him in right now and see what's cracking on his side. Uh, but um, but yeah, fear fear is is just a vibration that I tr I, I just work to not let it get out of control. That's the whole thing. I, I just would that's, rather that self mastery, man. Because the, to keep it all the way real, to keep it all the way real, the the hack is that I've said this a million times. And I just realized that Neville Goddard, I was listening to him recently, and uh, he based a lot of his manifestation work and stuff like that on this concept. Like, if you if you say, I don't want to get in a car accident, all the universe hears is car accident. Mm. So we don't focus on the shit that we don't want to happen. We focus on the shit that we do want to happen. We, I mean, it's just a better <clears throat> use of energy to focus on positive outcomes rather than negative shit that we want to, that we want to sidestep, that we want, you know, equanimity. Equanimity. Right. This brings it back to what you were talking about way in the fucking beginning. Equifuckanimity, right? So, like this the, is the what big I, homie has arrived. Oh shit! The big, the big homie has arrived. Okay. <laughs> Pinky, what's cracking, brother? Good evening, family. How is? <laughs> oh, welcome, blessing, blessings. 
<laughs> we chilling. We chilling, talking some some good magic manifestation shit. No, keep it going. I don't want to kill the vibe, man. <laughs> we well, we were we we were talking about fear. Okay. And uh, fuck. How do I condense everything we just fucking did? Uh, which I I introduced fear because I was describing an experience I I just had uh when I when I was on the hill meditating and where I totally sober, just sitting and being still and silent using this discipline that they teach there. I, I reached a state where I was like literally at the surface of like a, a water tension, like I was underwater, you know? And if I, if I reached through and pierced, then everything that I thought I knew understood, was afraid of, da, 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 all that would be completely destroyed. And something that I could not even begin to comprehend would, would, would be there. And I was too scared. I couldn't do it. Mm. And so th- that's relevant in, 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 we were talking about manifestation. He had talked about all this ritual shit he's been doing and it, it went into plants and shit and, you know, sorcerer shit. And I interjected fear because I, I made a note I was like, when you were talking about all this stuff over the last like 45 minutes, you, you really never once mentioned feeling fear right. while you were doing all this learning and, and observation and growing and, and manifesting and, 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 you know, doing the, the feedback loop uh, observation over the long game and shit. And, uh, you know, self, you know, he, oh, by the way, Pinky, he, they healed one of their family members. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, Sean, he knows he knows Sean. Sean tripped with us while I was in Cali. Oh, nice. Hold yeah. on, hold, wait, hold up. Are we are we saying too much about someone who can't be here to speak on their own behalf? No, nah, that's my brother. We all know he knows what's up. You know what I'm saying? He he'll be he'd be honored <laughs> that that his experience is an access point is to he this hear conversation. This? Is oh he yeah, he listens. Him? He listens to the show. Oh man, I That's love my you, main man. Yeah, he's I cool. I love yo. you, brother. I love you, brother. Thank yeah. you for like, listening. Thank you for like listening to your family. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for speaking what you needed to speak so that your family could hear it and love you. That is powerful. What you guys did there, take it, run, and share it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But the the whole the aspect of of fear and how it works. So back to Neville Goddard, right? This guy's done a whole bunch of like what people would consider self-help in the vein of a thinking, think and grow rich, the secret, like that kind of energy. But he's been, it was a long time ago. He's been doing it for a while. Oh, he was doing it for a while. And I heard a, a, a older guy, probably 70 years old, talking about the first time he saw uh, Neville Goddard in person. He said he went to this thing. He thought the guy was a scammer. He thought he was going to ask for money to teach people how to how to be abundant in life and all of this stuff. So he was already prepared to write him off. <laughs> and the exercise that the guy did, he said, he said when he showed up, he said, I don't want no money from you. Don't give me no money. I want you to do this exercise for a week. And then I want you to come. Anybody who fails the exercise, mm-hmm. come back here next week and I'll show you how to get rich. So that's already a premise. Wait, it's like, wait, 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 wait. Anybody exactly, fails right? the Anybody who fails the exercise, come back here next week, and I'm going to show uh, you how to get rich. So I'm like, what's going on here, right? So what he said was, what he said was, what I want you to do is tell yourself, I am not going to climb a ladder. 
No matter what happens, I'm never going to climb a ladder. I want you to write it down and put it on your mirror. I want you to put a note in your wallet, in your pocket, write it anywhere you're going to see it and just make this a mantra, a way of life. I am not going to climb a ladder no matter what. So the old guy's like, it's confusing. I don't know what he's talking about. So he's going on, but he does the exercise. He tells himself every day before he goes to bed, right when he wakes up, not going to climb a ladder, not going to climb a ladder, like obsessing over it. And then he said towards the end of the week, he went to go visit one of his friends and his friend was fixing something on his gutters or something like that. And he says, yo, can you hand me that bucket right there? And he said before he even realized it, he was halfway up the ladder handing his friend a tool or a bucket. And he goes, fuck, I climbed the ladder. I fucking failed the experiment. I, I, <laughs> I failed the experiment. I climbed the ladder. So I got to go see this guy next week. And he's going to teach me how to get rich. Fucking genius. That it guy is. is a genius. It absolutely is. So when he went back the next week, he said the first time it was a bunch of people, 50 people or something like that. But when he came back, there was like five or six people, seven people in the room. And he's like, these are the people who really did the exercise. You really committed to this idea of not climbing a ladder. But what I want you to understand is that the universe will deliver you anything that you're obsessive about, anything that you truly focus on, it will deliver you an opportunity to engage with it. So even though you were saying, I will not climb a ladder, all the universe <laughs> hears is climb a ladder. So Bye. it delivered you to an opportunity to climb a ladder. So if you could do that, I'm going to show you how to get rich. And I was like, yo, that's some powerful shit. Like, I like that game. But because I believe... Uh, with everything that I've been learning and all the work that we've been doing, I 100% believe like the nuances that we think we're putting in our head, the universe, the, the, the matrix, the algorithm, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't go into those little nuances. So if you're saying, oh, I just don't want to be broke, whatever, I just don't want to be broke. I don't want to be broke. All it, all it here is be broke. Oh, shit, I'm broke. Right. So to <laughs> me, a better use of energy is to focus on the thing that you do want and attract that. Because if you're going to attract anything that you obsess over, why obsess over the negatives? Obsess over the positives. Get deep into the idea of calling these things in and with this recurring energy to see if the universe will bring you to an opportunity to engage with the thing that you're trying to attract. Because so you're going to do it anyways. You're going to do it. You're going to do it anyways. People are doing it all the time. He, the point is, is bringing attention to like capacity and awareness, right? Yeah. And then when that and every human has that. That's the beauty of like consciousness. It's like we have the ability to all of a sudden start mapping levels of reality that are way bigger and deeper than anything anybody's ever taught us in our schools or our, our you know, it's, it's, it's organic human evolution, the development of technology that doesn't need resource extraction other than to keep the body healthy. <laughs> right. Which, you know, that's a complicated political conversation, I'm sure. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just some powerful shit that I came, I came across. I just, I really liked the way he explained it because even when he first started breaking it down, I was confused. I was like, what does this have to do with anything? Why is he telling these people to not climb a ladder? You know what I mean? And then when everybody came back because they had climbed one, yeah. he decided from those people, he's like, these are people who really got deep yeah. into their focus and their obsession yeah. and they saw it manifest in their life, even mm -hmm. though it was something that you were supposed to be intentionally trying to avoid. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's fucking like beautiful. It's just fucking amazing, beautiful. dude. I mean, like, 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 let's break it down a little bit. Like he chose something that wasn't so reoccurring 
that it like fed into neurosis that, and, and like like don't pick up a glass of water. Right? Right, no, yeah, it's just a random right. thing, climb a right. ladder. And it wasn't something that was so rare that someone wouldn't even need to keep any consciousness on it because it's like, well, yeah, don't, you know, pet a whale in Thailand. Right, right. You know? I mean, maybe that would literally be like, hey, you that, that'd be know. funny, actually. Actually, you never know. Like, <laughs> you never know. Some like, like it's just some wha- don't ever have this wacky adventure. And they're like, okay, I'm not gonna. And then it's just wacky adventure from then on out. Yeah, this is how I, th- I feel like this is the fabric of our reality. I feel like it. That's that's just what it's made of. It's these opportunities and potential. And when we get upset, uh, obsessed, things that we obsess about. It's the same reason with number synchronicity, uh, images that people see, whether they focus on bird, whatever you decide. Whether it's a hummingbird or a butterfly, a religion, a a dolphin, ideology, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's like, oh, I was thinking about dolphins all day and I saw a guy with a dolphin bumper sticker. Mm -hmm. And people are like, you know, you could have seen that every day, you just didn't notice it. But that's even better because this day I did notice it. And it's Mm -hmm. almost like a a personally, like a crafted experience just for you. Mm -hmm. And you can make whatever you want to make out of it, you can use it to empower yourself. So, Tell me of your your vision, oh long game runner. Let's say you get your millions of dollars. I'm super not opposed to that. I absolutely right? will. Okay, when you get your millions of dollars, what's your vision? Um, intentional community, first and foremost. I think the one of the, one of the first things that I'm planning to do when we get our constant influx of, of big money is buy a big piece of property that I can turn into a permaculture farm and wow. intentional community. So I gotta that's you number one. This dude I just met, he's all into making money with products online. He's at this meditation thing. I'm disgusted by the conversation, but I can, man, because you, you talk about this passive income from products that exist online and are yeah. connected to like distribution of things, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, that's step two. Well, not step two, but that's one of them is intellectual property, farming intellectual property. I feel like that's the access point to generational wealth for almost anybody because we all have these things to offer that's in our own heads and people are consuming more media and shit like that now than they ever have in the history of humanity. We all have something inside of us that we can share with people. People will identify with it. Even if it's only a few thousand people, I, just, I feel like intellectual property is the thing that's going to pull us out of this rat race that we've been plugged into for so long. So, so that that wealth has to be generated from somewhere that is related to material distribution, though. It has well, that's, to, it that's, always how, that's how things when we live in a three dimensional world. Right. So it, it makes sense that we could generate wealth with material things. Like of it's course. just a perfect, yeah, it's a perfect. I'm, just, I'm not saying that that means anything. I'm just acknowledging that this conversation, I don't know what to call. You call it spirit. I don't know. I've heard so many fucking words for it. I don't even know. But what you're, what you're using, you know, the magic, the consciousness, the, 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 the metaphysical material, let's call it. Yeah. Does that seem fair? Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Like the, the, even though technically everything's metaphysical material, but the point being on a certain level of like just conversating so this shit is accessible um you're working with like you saw the material when you did, took that first hit right yeah, yeah. You, you, like this is a landscape there's it's it's it makes sense it's it's a deeper logic that isn't intellectual but it involves 
aspects of the like the comp the complexes of the intellectual aspects of our biology right but it's so much bigger than that and so that's like it's a it's a material you can't see the quote signs in the audience because there's no video but like it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a meta it's a metaphysical material right yeah and it fades back and forth in in essentially states of solidity uh, into the subatomic material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vibrational. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's that's what this, that's what they're teaching up on this hill, bro. You gotta do this shit, Pinky. You have to fucking do a Vahasana sit. <laughs> you have to. It's amazing. It is orders of magnitude better than any acid or mushroom trip. Can't stress it enough. <laughs> well, I'm still I'm still trying to get this brother to trip with us. I'm he gonna have eat. to. Pinky's I'm gonna. Pinky's sobriety is actually a gift because in Vipassana, that's one of like the key tenets. And since, since, I don't, is it okay actually to talk about you in front of you, Pinky? Of course. You can talk about me like I'm not even here. That's bothers me at all. <laughs> I just wanted to get permission because I realized I might be a little rude. Oh, um, not a, I was actually thinking the name of this episode should be Bongo Eugene. And <laughs> that name sounds like some. Like it sounds like a dope ass like Tarantino movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Eugene. I always, thought, I always thought it was a grandpa name. Turns out it means beautiful person. Nice. Yeah, I, I didn't like it for years because I grew up in the eighties where the, the name Eugene was always associated with the kid who got beat up and made fun of. And I was always the kid who got beat up and made fun of. So I was like, I don't like this name. I think this name is cursing me. So I was like, Gene, call me Gene or Gino or whatever. People I had like it. a thousand, had a thousand nicknames. And then uh, I was at, uh, I was at, actually, I was at Burning Man actually years ago, and I just randomly synchronized. I had this meet up with this dude. We were just talking about life and philosophy and shit, and and we talked for like an hour. And he's, we we're like wrapping it up. He said, Oh, by the way, like what are our, what are our names? Like we didn't even, you know what I mean? Like it was such a flow of conversation. We never even. Asked for our names. He goes, What's your name? I said, What's Eugene? I mean, it's Gene. I mean, technically, I was all awkward, you know. I was like, It's Eugene. And he's like, Why are you hesitant? I was like, Well, you know, Eugene's kind of a nerdy, kind of a. He's like, What are you talking about? It it literally means beautiful person. I was like, It does? He's like, Yeah. And it's in like every language. (laughs) Like every single language has a gene, like a a Eugene, essentially. That, 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 cascading vowel with the u in the e it's it's sound is wild names are wild but oh yeah but yeah that was a I, I totally get it thing. my last name helped me learn how to fight my last name is sweet and when you growing up in the hood and your last name is sweet <laughs> you got some explaining to do really so, uh, oh <laughs> Oh, 100%. You got some explaining to do because sweet boy and just all kinds of shit. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to have to start popping some tops because I'm not going to be dealing (laughs) with this shit. (laughs) For real, for real. How old were you when you made that connection? (laughs) Oh, young, probably about nine or ten years old Like, because it was already going on for a while. But once I got nine or ten years old is when I got confident about the... uh, just kind of, you know how you you have this fear, even into adulthood. A lot of times, people see confrontation coming, but nobody wants to get hit or throw the first punch. Just like you, just have this aversion to the pain and and the wrestling of a fight. But once I was like ten years old, I was like, "Fuck all that, bro. We, if we got to get it, we just got to get it." But I, I I avoided using my last name for 
most of my life, honestly, up until very recently, where I stopped giving a shit. But yeah, it was <laughs> I, I hid it for my whole life, dude. Seriously. Wow. Name, names, names, and words and sounds are fucking powerful. They're really, really powerful shit. It's okay. like you know, you know, like uh, I'm gonna nerd out for a second, but you ever follow like the mythology of like Gaelic fae shit, like the entities that steal names yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you don't, you don't. They ask you, you know, they the fae emerge and ask you, may I have your name? And then you give them your name, and then they have like total power over you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're their, you're their slave from then on out. No, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, so Pinky, how was the week, brother? This is exhausting, man. I can barely hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm totally content. Um, to let you guys just go ahead and and run the whole thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely exhausted. The What'd the new do? gig. I'm doing sixty hours a week. Oh, Today was my first shit. day off, and we moved into the new house. Oh my and God! I, I gotta be. I'm a little. I'm, I mean, I'm grateful as old as I am. I had the energy to do it, but like the, uh, a friend of mine had asked me to help him move like two years ago. It was the last time I moved, and I was exhausted within 20 minutes. Like I was super, super out of shape. So today I put in six hours straight, and I was able to get through it. I took it like a champ. But at this point, like as soon as I got out of the shower, it just hit me. It was like you're old. You're old and you're tired. <laughs> you need to lay down. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're lifting heavy ass shit that's way bigger than you should be lifting up. You probably pulled the lat. Your trapezoids are <laughs> peeling off your bone. You dumb things. But uh, the bulk of it's done. I just got a few items to pick up. But like all the heavy shit that you got to put in a U-Haul, all that's done. So nice. I'm grateful to put all the way. And, wait, 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 uh, wait. You're not moved in all the way yet? No, nah, like the things I got an SUV that I could borrow that can get like little things here and there. Uh, all I needed was um, and God bless people that'll help you move. That's anybody that will help you move. That's somebody like you got to go to war for. Go to yeah, war. Yeah, that's some that's some kindness. Uh, hide a body. That's that's just there's a there's a level of loyalty between people that help you move. That just it's because uh, it's such a shitty thing to do. You mm-hmm. do it. On, when nobody wants to do it it's a complete waste of their time like this isn't my shit this isn't my house like this is a completely selfless act of of i don't, even, I don't even now that i think about it, i don't even know this person how'd i get here yeah. <laughs> right. it's, it's 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 just it's just an awful ordeal and i've moved i think in the last 10 years i've had to move at least like 15 times Jeez. I, I, I am the quintessential wandering Jew, just just <laughs> nomadic, couch to couch, house to house. So this spot, I anticipate being in for at least three years, waiting for the market to drop or um, when the millions come in. And I was doing the math on it. And the, the things that we're talking about aren't even that crazy. It's if you have extravagant taste and you want to waste shit. But if you're just from a perspective of look i want to take care of my family and build shit and have freedom if you have two million dollars in the bank if you get a high you don't even invest it you don't even try to flip it you just if you amass two million dollars and you get a high yield savings account of 0.6 percent which ain't shit but that's probably the highest you're going to get that's like one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year before taxes 
Wow. I don't I don't know anybody that couldn't live off of 120,000. And that's not touching your 2 million. That's just, hey, thanks for letting us hold your 2 million and pretending that this money's really here so we can fracture bank this shit out and and lend 10 million on your 2, but nothing's really here. It's all numbers, but hey, here's $120,000 every year for for letting uh, us hold your pretend numbers. 120 I, I don't know so, anybody that couldn't live comfortably off of $120,000 a year. So while I have the luxury and honor of like having your brain around these financial conversations, because you've taught me so much in just speaking about it over the podcast over and over again. And I'm so uneducated and so deeply ignorant on all these topics. But <clears throat> the question I have is you and Don, when you're talking about stock market work, which is what it is, right? It's like you're 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 still doing work, even though the money is existing in this made up, quote unquote, made up state, right? Yeah. Because you have to, you have, to, you're always going to be using metabolism, metabolism, even when you're thinking. So you're always staying engaged to these patterns on a cyclical process from day to day to day. It's still work. It's still technically labor, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, and you're not getting paid for that either. It's 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 not in real time. But if you spent your labor researching the fundamentals of a stock and you invest in it and it returns 200 times what you put in, you get paid for your labor. But there's more than just, there's more than just the transaction. Like the transaction is actually the smallest, least interesting part, right? The transaction of this is this thing I call money. That's a, 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 a quantum of units based on an agreement. I'm transferring from a imagined space called my bank account into another imagined space, which then it becomes a stock. Right? Sort of. Yeah, sort of. Because the stock already exists, whether it's not what, what you purchasing it that makes it a stock. So you, how, do, you how, do they divide, how, how do they divide up? Like, how do you know how many stocks your company has? Do you, do you oh, look yeah, at that's all? That's about the value of the company. It gets you have to look at all your assets, your yeah. desk all the way to the employees to the yeah. and they do share offerings and usually there's a count of how many shares are available so there's and and yes it establishes the valuation of the company so if your company is valued at x y and z then divided by the number of shares you're going to get basically the yeah. price of the stock that's why yeah. if when companies do new offerings sometimes it can dilute um, the price of the stock because the company hasn't changed in value, but now there's more shares available. Got um, and and I wouldn't call it work. So it's I, a cha it's a changing sphere, right? The stock yeah, is a sphere, sir. and it has information that's changing on its surface that tells you the 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 connected agreement energy of its state, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you're reading an object. It's just really what I'm trying to say. The stock is an object. The object is shimmering with information that you're doing labor to maintain in your neurology that are based on real-time events across complicated interactions of humans called a market, right? Yeah. So you and Don have been working really hard for a while now, articulating and working towards the process of using, let's just say, like... I'll call it will work. Does that fly? Will work? Some people call it magic. Some people call it manifestation. Some people call it like 
Dharma, Dhamma. It has a lot of names, but like you're engaging in reality through perception and feedback loop of I'm putting out energy in materially and immaterially, getting a feedback loop that is going in a direction that my will is engaged with, period, right? Well, I think uh, on on when it comes to stock and investments, I mean, you, I think we all want, so we do have some type of will and intention of it growing and becoming bigger and everything. I, but I'm a caveat because I'm not applying this specifically to stocks. I'm saying like will work, like when you're working in the garden, your will is engaged with that synchronistic process that where, you know, the implications of the synchronicities and the engagements that you set over the long term, right? right? Like you, you, you set intentions and then you'll like lob them into your subconscious quotas and you know that they're going to get work done in that state, right? And then it emerges in your reality. You called it the, uh, what did you call it at the beginning of the conversation? That loop back, right? Oh, yeah. Well, how it rhymes. Yeah, we were talking rhyme. about that. Yes. Yeah. That's, oh, and that's beautiful. You guys got to write that shit down. Yes, the rhyme. Let's call it the rhyme, right? Like when you're, you're yeah, that synchronicity of vibrations. Um, it's will work. And it, that applies to the work that you're doing with financial energy, correct? A little bit. I think there's way more variables when it comes to the financial stuff than there is in the garden. What the I think, fuck are you talking about? Gardens are so complex. Listen, like they're hold so on, hold on, hold on, hold all right, on. All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So the variables in the garden are clear, right? Um, if it needs to be watered, it needs to be watered. If it needs manure, it needs manure. Like this very simple. The stock market. There's so much that can happen that makes absolutely no logical sense at all, <laughs> but can influence the price and the growth of a stock and everything else. So some people, so but it's not it all not connected to sense? things. Does it there's, not there's make also sense? Too, there, there's not a cabal of gardeners that are breaking into his backyard every <laughs> day and rigging the lay of the land. Right. The water is that, going there, is that. Right. there is that. There is that. So the yeah. way that I, I understand the stock market is, I am not a financially motivated person. I I don't have the business acumen and the skill set at this stage in my life to go out and create something that's indispensable that everybody wants that's that's gonna that's gonna make me billions of dollars. But man, I mean you've I, already succeeded I, in one of those things. I, I, you I'm are indispensable. <laughs> I, I I've tried I, I I've traded my own time for money, and now I'm handing my money over to people who are infinitely smarter and more capable in the financial world, and they're greedy pieces of shit who want to make money by any means. And a lot of times there's um, structures and government deals and things in place that are going to increase the likelihood that something is going to pan out. And so I've learned if I just hand my money over to these people and I'm patient, They'll eventually hand me my money back with, with, you know, and it's going to be worth twice as much. And I wouldn't call it work. Um, I think working in the garden is work. I think if you're a roofer. I, I said labor. I said labor. I said labor, not work. Labor. You're using, yeah, you're using, you, you do, you do research, but like Don said, you could do the research, but. Even when you do the research, shit doesn't pan out because some crazy fucking black swan event can take place. Something unexpected could, I mean, there's there's just no guarantees. 
there's likelihood, there's probability, you know, and you can and you can crunch the numbers and see where society is going and what it is that people want and predict based upon the appetites and drives of human beings what's going to be, you know, the number one thing. You know what I'm saying? Like if if 10 years ago, maybe Apple computers or whatever, but you saw the iPod and when they got the iPod touch, you're like, hmm, where is this going? And then the iPhone came out, you know, I think Apple at that point was like maybe like 40 or 50 bucks. And then I think it got like to like 400 and then the stocks. But so you would have made a lot of money if you would have understood, hey, you know, they're going, to, everybody's going to want one of these at some point. This is going to fundamentally change the way the people interact with the the marketplace. Um, is that how called being? Is that called uh, being ahead of the market? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It, it, that that sounds like a term that would be reasonable. I don't have. I don't have any real um, uh, uh, formal education in all of this shit. That doesn't matter. Like your ability to learn is pretty fucking dope, man. Like I've been listening to you for a while, and like, you know, you you're clearly in like ingesting shit tons of information in between your recordings and uh, your ability to like, you know, when I was talking to, uh, <laughs> I was talking to Don a while ago in private, uh, I compared you to a flying squirrel. Right. Uh, but uh, I was thinking, uh, but I was thinking after being up in the mountains recently, you're actually more like a blue Jay. And have you ever seen like a California blue Jay? Uh, uh, they're like nature's ninja. They are when it like cause in in the in the California forest, you got a lot of a lot of dry, a lot of dry branches intersection for, for miles in these forests. And these jays fucking fly through them and they won't even like throw out their wings for like 30 percent of their journey through that part of the for forest because they're just they're hopping and they'll fling out their wing to adjust their landing and then jump and they're they're fucking amazing they're like the millennium falcons of the bird world but like <laughs> your ability to navigate and explore ideas and is is a gift like it's a talent it's a gift that you have and you bring i'm sure you've developed it through skill but it's definitely a gift um and this other thing that you have that's really powerful is your vulnerability and i mean you both have this but because of the qualities you have of being so fluid, your vulnerability has a quality that it shines through with integrity, even if I don't know all the stories behind it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I get what you're saying. I, I appreciate that. I just, it, I so, just try. So my to point is, when you speak on this shit, I'm, I'm, I don't care what certifies you or not in the world of paper. <laughs> I'm I'm more concerned about the will and creativity behind it. Yeah, and I try to be as transparent as possible. Like when I first started, I think my first year I lost like 14 grand. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I had absolutely no education on it. And I was really just like, yo, let me try this. Um, because I had um through one of my old jobs, they'd let you buy stock at a discount. So I just started buying and then they opened up an E-Trade account for you. So I started looking in, I started, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, wow, you know, I saw how much I made with this company stock. Like I've never even considered at this stage in my life. And I didn't have anybody to teach me that this was even a thing Talk that, yourself. right. Just cause you have, for, just for the very virtue of having money, you can make more money. 
And anybody yeah. that doesn't want to be subjected to the crazy whims of, you know, all the demands of where society is going. And, 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 and as of right now, it doesn't look like it's going anywhere where I'm interested in going. The only <laughs> way to be free from that is, is, to, is to buy your way out. That's it. And, and I saw like, yo, this is the fastest, easiest way I've ever made money. And like last year, I think my returns was like 102%. This year, I'm only up like 26%. But once I started figuring it out, like I'm up every year. I'm not always super duper up. Like some years are better than others. But I just, I never had, um, I dropped out in the seventh grade. I stopped going to school. When I, when I turned 16, I could officially drop out. I, I just dropped out completely as soon as I could. Autodidact. Um, that's the word, right? Autodidact. Yeah, autodidact. And, and so I would, I would get um, A's on the exam, but I would never go to school. I would never do any of the work. I wasn't interested. <laughs> so I kept getting passed with like C's and D's. And then as soon as I could get to 10th grade, you know, I was like, I'm not coming to school anyway. I don't want to be here. And I just this was, quit. This was in New York? No, no, this this was in Florida. Florida. This so what what was the like is it like is it like a jungle there? Like a beach? Like what was the vibe like environment like? Um it was I mean I, I think city. No, it was it was cool. It was it was laid back. There was nothing like um there was nothing like that was super I mean the only reason I would go to school is if there was a girl I liked. And I wanted to spend time trying to talk, to her. <laughs> but, but I had no interest, you know, and when I would skip, like when I was, a, when I was a teenager, like, I don't know, I think, I think I read Behold the Pale Horse and I was like really into, you know, like Professor Griff type shit. So my whole thinking was like, yo, Buster Rhyme said there's only five years left. We got to get prepared. You know what I'm saying? I got to get all the knowledge. I would stay home and read books and do push-ups. And I'm like, why the fuck am I? You know, I just wanted to learn what I wanted to learn. But mm -hmm. as far as like being formally educated on this stuff, nah, I'm 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 an idiot. I don't know it. I don't know anything about it on a on a. No, um, but you're not though. Like you're not like. I mean, idiot. like, there, like, but there's people they go because that's that's not a real concept. <laughs> it's not a real thing. No, no, no. But, but like, but, like that's that self-deprecating shit. Like this, we were talking about this earlier. We were talking about the word magic of yeah. shaping reality and like. It's it's like when you say I'm an idiot, you're it's literally a lie, right? You're introducing a lie into the ether, like the the the, <laughs> the collective consciousness. I, I should say I should say I, I'm more comfortable living in that reality and acknowledging that there's people who are more formally educated than me, and I don't have any that's desire a, to. That's a guarantee shit. You think someone just because they have a piece of paper, they actually know what the fuck is going on? That's not guaranteed. <laughs> I can't. I no, promise no, I you that. I had a lot of dummies that that got there four year and six year. I mean, so I understand that it doesn't, especially now with the way college is set up. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a probably a handful of schools where it's still valuable, but, 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 but the point is, is just I I wouldn't want to um, misrepresent anything or deceive anybody. Like, hey, you know, nah. I read I read a couple books on it. I watched some YouTube videos, and I just I was willing to risk my capital. And I learned by trial and error. Yeah, I think I, the word, I I think the word that you're looking for here is neophyte. That's mm -hmm. the word you're looking for, neophyte. You're a, a beginner in this in this classroom. But, but an so, autodidact. But, but an autodidact. But there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who have spent 
the better part of their lives learning these algorithms and how things move. And there, there are people who will or objectively could be better at predicting where things go and where to put your money at than a person who's a, a neophyte, doesn't know as much. You can make some good calls and do some good shit, but over the long term, a person like Warren Buffett is probably going to make more good calls in the stock market than a person who just started learning this shit. Access That's and experience. Just a, yeah, Access exactly. and experience. Right. So but the thing that's valuable, it's been valuable to me because I, I bet. I, it took me a long time to get into investing and to have the courage to do it. You know, it took doing the podcast and having these conversations and that's what gave me the confidence to try it. And like I said, as of late, especially I've been seeing some of these things grow and come back to return on the investment. So, but it, that's what it takes. It takes for you to break the ice and just say fuck it and throw some money at it sometime. Yep. So, and it's hard because when you come from a working class background, it, it almost feels like sacrilegious to risk money. And, it, and it's really the only way to get out of this trap that most of us are in. And it, and it feels like, man, this could buy groceries. This could buy furniture. You're only thinking in terms of consumerism and satisfying a temporal need and, and, and it really is like a poverty mindset. You're only thinking about how you're going to get something that's going to take care of today and maybe tomorrow, but you're not thinking about, man, you know, this, this um, buck that bought the bottle could have struck the lotto. Like I could have took this little bit and turned it into something way more because we're just not groomed to have that kind of vision. And we're kind of, there's a lot of societal pressures and daily demands that kind of keep you in that that mental framework if you're mm -hmm. a class person. And so if, if you're, you're a what? If you're a working class person, right. like you don't come from money. You're not a trust fund kid. Mm -hmm. You know, your parents don't have a lot to give you. They don't really, they didn't know about investing money or owning properties or getting in the stock market or, you know, they just went to work and they did the best they could and they took care of you, you know? And a lot of us just learn from within that framework um, there's a couple people that maybe get lucky, you know, but a lot of us, we're, there's not really much to get us to think in in that long term. But it, but I mean, I can say because um, I agree with you in, in having these conversations. I mean, I got like right now. I mean, I'm I'm the happiest that I've been. I, it's the most I've ever been. Um, I do get a little. I am guilty of that fear you know, when's the other shoe going to drop? Things can't just be this good instead of just being grateful. So I'm mm -hmm. trying to stay in a mindset of gratitude. And I also have this, mm -hmm. this separate thought that comes in my head where it's really unproductive, but where it's almost like, you know, I, I should be focusing on tragedy porn. Like there's some sort of <laughs> like, like moral, like there's some sort of, you know, virtue in, and I don't know, like, I feel that impulse within me, like, yeah, but people are suffering and I'm not thinking about the people that are suffering. I'm just thinking about how good I'm doing and all my plans and what I'm trying to do. And it's like, yeah, but in doing that, that's how I'm getting to where I'm getting. And that's how I'm becoming a better and more valuable person to the people <clears throat> around me. And that's actually having a better bottom line effectual change on the world than focusing my mind on tragedies that... I can't, I'm not even a, in a position in life where I could reasonably do anything about it, except mm -hmm. hey, go get Coney. I could put the I hate Coney post. That's all I can do. Mm -hmm. But I can't, I can't do anything beyond that. 
but I, I recognize that I have that that instinct within me where I I, I just I, I feel almost guilty about being successful. And I try to recognize it for what it is. And I also understand how like it's almost like a I really, I really think I kind of there there really is just a myriad of traps in our thinking that I don't know if we created them ourselves or maybe in some sort of slick way it was programmed into us. But I almost see it like when you guys were talking earlier about whatever you're focusing on, you're going to attract it, even if it's in the negative, even if you're saying, I don't want this to happen. At the end of the day, <clears throat> you're obsessing on this object, whether it's good or bad, you're summoning that concept or that idea. Okay. I can, see I, in, can I, can I so, introduce a hack right now? Yeah, sure. Because I, I, first of all, you move really fast and sometimes you say so much like rich stuff that I get focused and then I lose you. Cause I'm like, wait, what did he just say? Right? So you're talking about an experience of like a, an, an emotional and sensational experience of being drawn towards focus, focusing on suffering and tragedy. Correct. Right. And that is somehow virtuous to have those things at the forefront of my thinking. Okay. That got how, there, that, there's a moral virtue. That there's a virtue to engaging in that experience right. of consciousness and uh, uh, that exists materially and immaterially, correct? Yeah, I think I'll follow you. Okay. I'm trying to follow you because you say so many deep things. I hope you get credit for all the deep things you say in your life. But the point is... is I don't need any credit. I, I just want to <laughs> be on sidekick and have a place on the farm. <laughs> that's, a, that's Ananda. That's Ananda. But anyways... <laughs> So here's the thing. What if that is okay? What if that's driven by multiple factors of human engagement that are each so big and intense that it's easy to get stuck on just one of them, but none of them are really wrong. But if you get stuck on just one part of these big human experiences that are part of this, you know, this, let's call it a shape that you're avoiding and also yeah. attracted to, right? It's like I've been. In my work, I've been putting it forth for people to consider that what that is, is it's the, I call it the trauma wave, right? It's, it's the energy of trauma that's moving with literally centuries of inertia <laughs> that's just coming through and down on our whole civilization across the world. And the edges of the ripples of the beginnings of that trauma have long since hit each other and rippled back multiple times now. And we're in the phase of it where it's just, it's clearly palpable to most people that are paying even remotely attention. Does that, does that seem fair? Yeah, yeah. I think that's okay. Fair. So, so you're experiencing that and you're like, well, <laughs> this thing's massive. It's like, it's like, it's so big that to actually even turn and face it, is an immediate lesson in hopelessness. <laughs> it's the it is universal. I bet anybody that engages in this, if they if they don't find hopelessness like as something no, that it's, it's the it's the it's the express route to to despair and uh -huh. being over and to be to feeling insignificant and overwhelmed. Yes. Like there's an iceberg of suffering, and yeah. I've got a little ice pick, and what's the point? Exactly. And I, I think the trap is, I do think it's kind of interwoven into Western morality 
because uh, Western morality does have a lot of um, Christianity, um, you know, interwoven into it. And, and I do like the concept of remembering the poor, caring about the poor, wanting to, cr- to be a part of influencing and shepherding a civilization where we minimize suffering and exploitation as much as possible. Right. And we don't create a reality for other human beings to exist in that we wouldn't be okay with us being in that room. You know, like, like it, you get to design the ladder, but you don't get to choose what rung you are, right? So if, if you were, if, so if the if you could possibly be at the bottom rung, if it's so miserable that you couldn't tolerate it, then I think you should design a different ladder, right? So, so that assumes a kiriarchy. That's kiriarchal perception. That's kiriarchal thinking. I'm just putting that out there as an acknowledgement from a scientific level, not a disparagement or a diminishment. Kiriarchy. Kiriarchy. What? I I don't, you said kiriarchy? Yes. Kiriarchy is a term, uh, it originally was developed by this woman named Elizabeth Schusler. I believe she was a first wave feminist. And kiriarchy is the, the template for the archies. All of them, racism, classism, some kind of hierarchy. Yeah, the, it's, it's the hierarchy. It's it's if you strip away all the different cultural and personal projections upon it, it's still the same fucking thing. It's the it's the hierarchy. That's the root spiritual shape of it. The hierarchy, and people will make up whatever the fuck they want to make up to deal with that. It's an option. To put that entirely away. Okay, so this uh, I just look. This says a social system or set of connecting social systems built around domination, oppression, and submission. Kaboom! So, kaboom! Kaboom! So what we're talking about here is just this. This goes back to the ableism mm-hmm. conversation and things like that. But the truth, the absolute truth of our three-dimensional reality is, people are going to exist in different states. Sure. Why does That's that have just, to, why does that technically require? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so we're not talking about building a system around domination, oppression, and submission. We're saying that I'm not saying you are. I listen. But that's that's I, but this is what this is what you invoked when you said kiriarchy. That's yes, what it's talking because, about. Because the two exist simultaneously. They are different dimensions of engagement and perception and the feedback loops of that they exist simultaneously in different states that are to say they're codependent i don't actually know if that's true or not yet i don't know if anyone can be completely taken away right okay i don't know that i'm still learning and searching however at bare minimum let's just say that it can oscillate, right? Oh, yeah, everything. That, yeah, that the kiriarchy, because it's made of spiritual material that we create with our perception, and its core essence is complete miraculous material of our own design, and that the most familiar and accessible state from there is a sphere, right? Because when you get a bunch of people that are stuck in kiriarchy, that doesn't necessarily mean death and destruction and domination. You can, it's, everything has spectral qualities, right? So my point is this, if we can at, at bare minimum 
acknowledge that we can shift the parrot shift our material paradigms in ways that are far beyond what we could ever imagine that we can oscillate between different states and a karyarchy. I'll give you that, right? But just to even give yourself permission to try and set that aside, I guarantee you, based on what I've seen of your minds and your spirits, something will emerge that is part of the conversation of the human species right now. <laughs> it's, I, 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 I watch you guys do it over time. <laughs> Well, I think I think that that's all solved by intentional communities. I think that's the 100% correct. 100%. That, that's the only resolution. The, but the only reason I was touching on that is is just trying to deconstruct why there's that impulse. I'm so just to, acknowledging it. I was, there's no character disparagement. To, no, but, you know. no, no, no. I, I didn't take it that way. I just mean like I think I think there is some virtues within our culture to be um conscious of the poor i i think the trap is um getting depressed over it what if we just transcended the idea of poverty well i i don't well when you say transcend the idea of poverty um are you talking about creating a world where poverty doesn't exist or i'm approaching poverty specifically as an economic definition Right. I just I, this is this is the best way I can explain it. Like as it stands, there's 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 something within me for whatever reason. I'm, and and like I said, I was just trying to dissect and figure out. Well, hey, maybe where does that come from? Mm-hmm. Um, my feelings, my experience of success, um, immediately makes me feel guilty relative to thinking about people that are maybe struggling and are in a, in a much more that's, shitty uh, position. But, but I think that the trap is, is I think there's two parts to it. One, I, I think there that's just part of, like I said, it may come from someplace by design. It may be something that's unique to me. I don't know. But I see how nobody has to come up to you and say, hey, you're going to be poor and struggling. Uh, and and like I cast this spell on you, and this is just how you're gonna be. Like I'm recognizing within my own framework, in my own thinking, that within that framework, there is a lot of pitfalls where I can see myself like not wanting to be successful, from shying away from it, from being intimidated by it, uh, from feeling guilty about it, and I, I think that has to do with, like I said, the the kind of morality. Um, I grew up with being like from this particular culture. And I think that one of the traps is um, there's so such a much more productive way to think about poverty. And like you guys were talking about it when I when I first came in. Okay, instead of thinking about, hey, there's people suffering, I need to think about those people are suffering so I can feel guilty about my success or less motivated to be successful because I want to be associated with the poor rather than the rich. Mm-hmm. Or I can think about if I'm able to be successful, I can change or influence to a higher degree the dynamics whereby those economic relationships are cultivated. Mm-hmm. And I can yeah. improve the condition of the people that I'm concerned about rather right. than just sitting around and posting about it on Facebook or right. saying, you know, I'm fasting today and thinking about the poor, you know, because right. I <laughs> experience that's making me more in tune. At the end of the day, that ain't helping anybody that's that's really struggling. So it's not virtuous 
to be intimidated by the success and to shrug off the responsibility of it because you're really talking about being empowered in the world to help people to a higher degree. And like I said, if if you if if you don't really want shit because you never had extravagant shit, you know, money stretches way further and you don't need that much to truly be free and to give other people opportunities. Because, you know, and and, and I don't feel um Okay, so I'll, I'll put it to you like this. The ideal world is if I live on a compound and my net worth is $2 million and Don's net worth is $10 million, I'm not mad. If Don got four wives and I only got one, I'm not mad. I'm not saying that that's his ambition. What I'm just saying is if there's a structure whereby somebody obtains more, and that's what I think the point that he was trying to make, having more than somebody else doesn't necessarily mean that there's something inherently exploitative or evil about that end result. But if you have an intentional community where some of these disparities are allowed to exist, but at the end of the day, the person that has the least economic empowerment in that community has everything that they need, they're happy, and everybody that's made more hasn't done it at the exploitation and suffering of the other people there. That's an ideal world. And I don't think you can get that result participating in these huge systems, whether it's communism, whether it's capitalism, it, it doesn't matter. Anytime you try to have this huge integrated system where the, the, the reality of one person is being dictated by the decisions of people that they're never gonna meet, that they're never gonna come in contact to, it's not an intentional community. It's one enforced by threats and some kind of mechanism of oppression or exploitation. It doesn't matter. You can try to politicize it all you want. You could try to vote for whoever. You could try to adjust it by passing laws. Corrupt fucking people will find ways to exploit the machinery, no matter how good the intentions are. So I'm really confident that the only way to get around it and the only way to resolve that conundrum in humanity is to have relationships that are voluntary and intentional, and you will cultivate wealth and prosperity and happiness and contentment and stability within a community where nobody is upset or jealous at the successes or failures because everybody is in the struggle together and everybody is um, devoting their energy and their talents and their resource and everybody to some degree is sharing in the fruits of that labor. And like I said, in that scenario, in an essential community, you have the ability to craft what that lowest degree of existence looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't really have much influence over that when we talk about a huge system like what we experience in America. Like you can vote all you want. And I know that the reality for somebody that's like strung out on drugs and living in a box in a tent city or whatever, like their life sucks, you know? And to some yeah. degree, maybe they're a little bit responsible for the outcome, but <laughs> there's, also, there's also a number of factors where, you know, once you're in that situation, how the fuck do you reasonably go to a job interview right. or for somebody to take you seriously? So, or, you know, so, so what I'm saying on that big of a scale, it doesn't matter who I vote for. It doesn't matter yeah, what fuck fuck charity I give my money to or what fuck church nonprofit. or mosque I give my money to. They're never going to solve that religions. problem. 
yeah, as, as long as we're all organized this way and getting resources and creating wealth this way, the inevitable end of this game of musical chairs is somebody's going to fucking get the short end of the stick and they're going to live a reality that sucks and nobody would ever seek after. Nobody's like, yo, I want to live that life. That life sucks. But I think in the context of an intentional community and things that you have where your values and your labor is going to mean more in creating that civilization you're choosing to be a part of, I think you have infinitely more control over creating what that bottom rung looks like. And And it's something that you don't have to feel guilty or fucked up about. So you know what I'm saying? Here's the hack. Okay. First of all, you just said so you covered so much fucking ground and many dimensions. I just want to acknowledge that. And you said a lot. Like that was some spit, right? In Vipassana, there's a precept called Dana, right? And it's I don't want to get into the fucking like flavor of this information, right? What I want to get is the feedback loop. So the idea is that if you're a person that's choosing to engage in riches, right? That in order to stay in this state of like developing expansive interdimensional consciousness that spans empathy, intellect, and biological, chemical, subatomic levels of consciousness, if you're gonna tread in riches, the feedback loop that has to be created from it never must not exist is directly to benefit others whenever you can from it. That's the feedback loop that will lubricate the guilt. You feel me? And a lot of people are going to jump on that and, and, and critique things like charity and whatnot. And what they're doing is they're speaking to the curiarchal perspective of Donna which doesn't have to exist. Riches don't have to exist in a karyarchy. They don't. Wealth and access does not have to exist in a karyarchy. Things will happen that will cause suffering on levels from irritation to life-ending tragedy. That's guaranteed no matter what, if you're alive. Like, that's going to happen. So organizing around that matrix of impact and suffering requires attention. Uh, what you, what were you just, uh, uh, intentional communities, right? Yeah. So right. Donna, Donna is the valve in the, in the, in the matrix you're trying to build. And it's a balance. That's really, I mean, you're not in a good time to really be able to fucking practice that in a comfortable place right now in, in America. And if you have the ability to, to do that, it's, it's a powerful thing because it, 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 it is very much like feeding the environment that's feeding you to grow in the way that you're choosing to, right? And because we have so much hierarchical projection and assumption going on around that and, and systems of literal slavery that still exist, then the trauma of that is just going to continue to build the trauma wave, which is going to impact every facet of that experience you're trying to build, whether Donna is, is part of your process or not. Right. And that's like, what I'm saying. The only way to get the blood off of your hands is to build some shit wholly apart. I'm trying to be Neo Amish. That That's the point that I'm at in my life. <laughs> I like the Neo Amish. Amish is the route <laughs> that I'm on. 
I get what you're saying because, but the thing is, and the whole reason why I've tried to, to change my thinking, because there's even people around me that they've never been on that vibe. And I talked to a couple people today. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, selling my house and just going out in the middle of nowhere and seeing where, yo, that is in the people's spirits and consciousness. Right. I want that so bad. I want that so Ooh. bad. <laughs> and, and, and it's just because, like, I don't want to be forced to buy some shit that's got blood all over it. Yep. I'd rather just fucking make it myself. I'd rather make it myself and know within my little circle, we're not fucking anybody over. Because I'd like to think that charities are, are, are something other than just money laundering schemes. But my experience tells me this, that's not the case. It's, it's the original grift in our lifetime. Like, yo, this is a charity. And you know, it goes to the end. Yeah, charity is. the numbers, 95% of the shit is going to the CEO and the overhead costs. And you may be, for every dollar that you give, a penny or two actually gets to the cause. Like, they're, they're middlemen in the whole fucking thing, get, taking every cent that they can on the way to delivering that penny or two. That's so, where Donna comes in. Donna but, shifts that. Well, well, I, I, if I understood you correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, is what you're saying is that there's, and, and I'm assuming this is like, this is like Buddhist philosophy, right? There's, Te technically, but that's just the flavor. This shit actually pops up in tons of cultures. Tons sure, of cultures. But, but the idea that there's this karmic kind of principle that you have a duty that if you're creating wealth, you don't, you don't have to ascribe to that. You don't have to ascribe to that to, to, to create. See, the thing is, is that a lot of the things that you guys have been talking about in the energies of biological and the garden, sociological and your exploration of ideas and creativity. And then in the, in financial with your, with your personal finances and the stocks and whatnot, what you're talking about is old as fuck, right? We're, sure. we're, we're continuing a conversation. And so you don't have, that's just a fact. <laughs> like economics has been around how many thousands of years? Like how many different currencies have risen and fallen and how many karaokes have stacked up around that? You know, it's, it's not new. It's not a new conversation. And You can see, like, there, David Graeber wrote about this, if I'm not mistaken. In, in At some point in feudalism, I, there was this culture that was among the, the ultra-rich, the ruling class, where it was a part of – and it, this is perverse. I want to be clear. I'm not, like, endorsing. This is perverse. But right. there was, like, a competition to show the virtue of how much one could shower largesse on the peasants around them. Right. That's that's that energy that's like it's a corruption of, of what the word Donna, which comes from Burma, but is like just one word for this thing. It's it's a it's a bioenergetic environmental feedback loop. It's you know what it is. Donna is when I was in jail and I'd steal a fuck ton of cookies from the kitchen and then hand them out and then have my three in my fucking cell. You know what I mean? Donna was like, I'm going to sh always share the fruits of my shenanigans, whether they're whatever, you know, Donna is the two homeless dudes who got 
uh, you know, a Cinnabon and they don't know each other, but he breaks off a chunk and he gives it to the right. dude. You know, start- I, I came up. I have a I have a, a moral obligation to to celebrate this come up with somebody around me. And and that the, the thing is, is the come up can exist in any moment. It's a it's an unbreaking chain of causal interaction. That is what will work is that you guys are working on focusing these millions of dollars. Right. It still will work. You're, you've been doing it since you were born. You're, you guys just consistently return to the conscious engagement of these energies. And the way that you're interconnecting that to the idea of conscious community is a fucking bridge. Right. And, and it's dope, you know, but I, I just, when I just, if you could just wash away the cultural connotations of that, that Donna feedback loop, the acknowledgement of, of making sure that like, you know, my my cup overflow, you know. Please get your cup because <laughs> this shit's overflowing. You know that exists at any point of existence, no matter how hard things are, and no one's right or wrong for being able to access that or not at any given point, right? But Donna is the aspect of that growth vision build that is 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 regenerative. It it it, it feeds it pushes the growth. And encourages others because hopefully if it's authentic and it has integrity in the rest of your being, then then that person will do Donna, right? It should be contagious. It should exactly. spread. It should right. feel it should so feel the, so good. <laughs> the easiest way that um I think it, it well, it depends on the person, their upbringing, what their it, it depends on a lot of things, but I think the easiest way to get the most people to engage in that type of activity. And, and we spoke about this uh, a couple episodes back was for people, like you just said, to be in overflowing abundance. Mm-hmm. That's when it occurs the most naturally because it's difficult for a person who uh, who's in poverty or starving, it's difficult for them to decide on themselves when they get that Cinnabon to break it in half and give it to it's, another it's, person. It's, 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 it's very like, hard. It burns. It absolutely <laughs> does. but. If this guy just, if a Cinnabon truck just flipped over in the middle of the street, it's very homes. easy to just throw them shits in every direction. Everybody come get some. So existing in overflowing abundance. That's how I learned. My first uh, my first harvest of bananas, we yeah. kept them all. We ate them all. We made banana bread. After that, I'm starting <laughs> to get six or seven racks of bananas at a time. Now I'm knocking on my neighbor's doors like, right. yo, y'all want some bananas? Right. So that's why me personally... That's why I'm trying to get into that space of monetary abundance is because I understand. I mean, of course, I think uh, it's it's important for people to engage in helping and giving and and adding other people into the circle as you as you grow. But that's why intentional community is so important because that's the easiest time that you can practice it with the people who are closest to you. They have similar ideology. They're doing the same work that you're doing. You're in close proximity. So we can start to learn to share and build and with those people first. And hopefully it radiates out from that center. Once we get more and more abundant, it'll be easier and easier to share. And then you also leading by example. When you share with other people, <clears throat> if you had to work hard to make this hundred bucks to feed yourself for the next week, it's going to be difficult to share that. If somebody walks up to you and hands you a hundred bucks, it's easier to give somebody twenty of that because you didn't labor yourself for that money anyway. Somebody just blessed mm-hmm. you with it, so you can continue to bless and pay it forward, like you know. But it's just a concept and an idea that. 
that uh, I think people are familiar with, but so many people are trapped in that fear cycle and that that the threat of poverty and the threat of that pressure coming in from all sides, it, it makes you, it puts the mind into hoarding mode. Even the, yep. even the body, uh-huh. if you talk about physiologically. Fact. So when you, when you eat constantly, your metabolism goes up. But if you if it's a long time between meals, your body goes into storage mode because it doesn't know when the next meal is coming. But if you eat on schedule four times a day, it's easier to burn and get rid of fat because your body is sure something else is, is going to come. So even at a physiological, as above, so below, even at a physiological level, if you're fasting and your body is, is experiencing some type experiencing some type of scarcity, it goes into storage mode, just like we go into hoarding mode when we experience scarcity. And so, that's why I think too, it, it's such a nefarious thing to have human beings disconnected from the natural process of abundance. Because if you if you take that Cinnabon scenario, like look at the context in which that guy is getting the Cinnabon. Okay, he has nothing. Right. And somebody paid for that Cinnabon to give it to him. Right. But the Cinnabon comes in a store that's like financed by the same firm that's shorting uh, AMC and GameStop and is like building missiles to bomb Afghanistan. And that's how that money gets there. And And that's material scale. That's the scale of the material matrix. And this guy's locked in this concrete prison of no life and he can't grow another Cinnabon. So to him, the only way that that Cinnabon is attainable is that somebody makes that sacrifice of their time and energy. And there's all these other factors with really fucked up backstories that make that Cinnabon possible. And once he eats it, it's gone. And he doesn't know when he's going to get another Cinnabon versus if you have that relationship and you're connected with nature, like you say, you plant the bananas, you got six or seven bundles too much, and you don't know what to do with the bananas. Nature is compelling you and saying, listen, we got too many fucking bananas. You, you got, just made a big leap, though. Some friends. You just made a huge leap from a desperate clutching of a Cinnabon in abstract, <laughs> absolute poverty to being able to plant bananas. Yeah, well, I that's feel like... The, <laughs> the context of an intentional community is I'm talking about you're transplanting that dude from an environment where scarcity is the fear fuel that makes everybody take these fucked up decisions where maybe it's rife with moral conundrums that they can't get around. They make their peace with because they're like, listen, if I press this button, 30 people across the world are going to die, but I'm going to get my little uh, voodoo tickets of world leaders and I can exchange them for Cinnabons. So I'm going to find a way to with these fucked up decisions because if I don't do this fucked up shit, if I don't throw people out of their house, if I don't cut corners on this building code and it's going to collapse, if I don't do this fucked up shit, I don't get my Cinnabon. And I got four kids that need Cinnabons too. So being trapped in that paradigm and and fucking you know the reggae dudes were right from the beginning babylon it's fucking yep. babylon you're yep. trapped they call in babylon it, uh, they you're samsara uh, in the east yeah you so you, all of these decadences and conveniences and these giant you know multi-tiered caves that we're so impressed by <laughs> it comes to the cost of people being forced to live in the paradigm of scarcity and yeah. to be fueled by fear. 
Now, if you take that human being out of that environment and you put them in an intentional community and it's like, brother, we got too many bananas. You didn't even, all you did was show up. You didn't even plant anything yet. And nature is giving us so much that we have to give some for you. Nature is happening in my house right now. What you're describing. Oh, well, that's fucking awesome. There is a person living with us who is on the streets for 30 years. Um, yeah. And when I say on the streets, I mean on concrete. Like this is a level of disability and neglect that is staggering. And I've been tracking this human being for years and years and years. He now lives in the home I live in. The matrix of love and support that is consistent, very intentional, chaotic and fraught with human error and neurosis, but consistent. I've watched this man go from not being able to speak a word or lift his shaggy face from the ground to his eyes being bright, cracking jokes, postulating about science and government, politics. It's the transformation of love and healing in the creation of healing spaces is miraculous. The body's innate propensity to grow and heal is more powerful than any lie anyone has told us about how we should or should not organize. And tapping into that healing inside is a journey that is always going to be alone. And that's where individualism and the politics and the perspectives of individualism are going to scatter about like bats in the ethers in people's conversations. And there's the bridge between that perpetual unavoidable aloneness and the feeling of being not alone at the same fucking time because of the integrity of intent in community is miraculous. It is, it is miracle shit. You're talking about ritual, macro rituals on land that draw in healing, right? And the more of those that happen, the more they can align. That's, they call it dual power in anarchist theory. Uh, and there's all debate. That's all fucking anarchists do is fucking debate. But the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the vision, the articulated vision is that dual power is the emergence of a utopia simultaneously in the disillusion of, it's like, of that dystopian culture into a utopia. But the thing is, is that this is where the critique comes in of, and it's, I, I don't know where I stand on this. It's, I'm just articulating the, uh, the, the, the information the best I can understand. The critique is that that phase is so long that the degree of deliberate human sacrifice inherent in participating in that will offset any attempts to grow healing. And when you calculate the impacts of the trauma wave, that's pushing the already existing generative maelstrom of trauma that we're doing, you got to get real clear and tactical about what this is going to look like. Otherwise, the, just the material reality of what's going on around us of that emerging and decaying faster than perhaps you would like is a factor, period. It's just a factor. And I'm not asking anybody to envision anything or not. I'm just saying that in, in, the, in the perspective of all possibilities without judgment, it is a potential possibility, right? Because of these forces in our environment that 
where the conversations of fear and conflict and safety and creating resources and, and the, 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 the high stakes of healing are all kind of undulating forward as we're trying to figure all this shit out. I mean, I don't know. You weren't here at the beginning of the conversation, Pinky, but like where I live, it's smoke as far as you can see. <laughs> like it's just forest fires, smokes that are filling California, Oregon. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's it's. There's no need to be hyperbolic anymore. The realities of the legitimate giant patterns of change is what it is, which will create tremendous trauma, frustration, anger, rage, and war is real. You guys have been charting it over your podcast for fucking, I was like yeah. a year now, right? Yeah, a lot of that shit's coming to fruition. We were just, we were just talking. We were just yapping and recording it to be completely honest for a while until it got more deliberate but a lot of the shit we've been talking about i've been seeing it come true in the past few months and it's just crystallizing everything that mm -hmm. we've been saying and it just mm -hmm. makes it and I, it's just the spirit of the age just the zeitgeist right now it's people who never thought about intentional community people who never thought about growing their own food they're coming to a place right now whether it's through fear or whatever else but they're coming to the conclusion that this may be a real thing that i need to look into and invest in and however you get there i feel like that's the path to the longevity the longevity of humanity we just need to change some things and our environment is pointing to what we need to change and it's sort of forcing us to a place where we got to make a decision so yeah. i'm just i just think it's happening the way it's happening for a reason and i feel like we'll figure out as a species how to make the best of it there's already right. a lot of good shit that's come out of it but, but we'll, then, we'll but figure then it we out. have to talk about the human sacrifice <laughs> look you can't, either you can't gonna kill each other in the streets for cinnabons or, or we're gonna share bananas together we're right. That's it. We're gonna kill each other. We're either gonna we're either gonna murder each other for the right to get diabetes, or we're gonna share bananas <laughs> and regulate our blood pressure in a healthy way. Right. right. It seems so like those are our decisions. And we're never gonna run out of bananas, but we're gonna be living constant fear that this may be the last Cinnabon we're ever gonna come across. You're not wrong. You're skipping a lot of steps, but you're not wrong. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta skip steps, brother. Like, <laughs> this, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I like to dance. I propose a confederacy of like Greek city-state type shit of intentional communities, and we only go to war when somebody's like, yo, we're gonna force some people to do shit. That's no, it. We're not. We don't. We, we don't even like war. Is actually the least of our worries. Fourteen million people are set to be evicted in America right now. Oh yeah, this is about to be. Listen, I'm just gonna buy the dip. And for everybody that was talking shit about the, I didn't mind the crypto dip. I knew it was a scam. They want to mm -hmm. buy shit for cheap. And I didn't. I didn't. I bought. Okay, uh, Cardano. You want to drop down to a dollar? Fuck it. I'm gonna buy more. I don't I, yep. care. If That's what it, I did. Oh, but like drop down. So, hundred, fuck it. I'm gonna buy more. Bitcoin, twenty nine thousand. Good. I'm gonna buy more because I know this shit that they're promoting is a fucking house of cards. They know it. They wanted to get everybody scared because they're trying to transfer their assets into crypto curry. Cryptocurrency is so. Yo, it's it's inevitable. There's gonna be a moment of empowerment, and when that moment comes, it's it's all about executing and sticking with the vision. It's, and I can say from personal experience, look, I spent three grand on those stupid figurines. I can tell you, in the new house, 
The $600, which is still extravagant. The chessboard is my favorite thing. And I look at that thing and I'm like, I could have been content with just the chessboard. Mm-hmm. I did not need to waste this much money. It was fucking <laughs> foolish. And you know what? I'm glad I figured it out with a couple thousand dollars so I don't get tempted to do super stupid shit with a couple million dollars. So you can stick to the vision. And just to correct my shitty math, I apologize. 0.6% uh, is only going to get you $6,000 a year, not 60000 on a million. You, you'd have to get at least um, 5%. So it's gonna have to go into some uh, go into the market. You're not gonna be able to get a high yield uh, savings that'll do it. But even yes, a, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, and if you follow the market, and this is you not having to do all the research and look here and look there. If you get like an index fund, that's pretty much what you're gonna get. Five percent. So you're basically describing creating pockets of intentional community that are set up to watch the world burn. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that unless that's what your intentional community wants to do. If that's if that's the the tenants and the ideology, I guarantee you, there's people that want to do that. Beautiful, and I'm I would totally say go for it. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to build your intentional community around, I say do it. If you want to build it around Nazism and skinhead racist ideology, do it. Right. You no, know why? You. Please, no. No, no please absolutely. Don't. 100%. Please 100%. You want to have dinosaur racist bigotry. Go for it. Theme of your compound. That's fine. But just be productive and, and don't fuck up and run out of shit and then show up at my intentional community. Right. We'll be all. Gotta get that's what I'm saying. Here. <laughs> you got to prove and lead by example that your shit works. And it only works if you can be self-contained and fulfilled in your community. If you need to leave your community and say, oh, we're going to hunt this this gay intentional community over here because we don't like what you guys are doing. You guys are just rebranding tribalism. Incorrect. It's, it's vibrational tribalism. I know. You, you should. Just, look, you, you can't just slap the word vibrational on something. And call I can. It I absolutely can because it's <laughs> I absolutely can, 100%. So sounds like this, slavery. It sounds like slavery I, with extra steps. I like that there was no hesitation and complete resolve there. Oh, no, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I can. I totally can, and I will, and I'll continue to. The point is, if you think your way of life is, is the best way to be, then you should link up with people who agree with you, build a community, and show us how you thrive. That's what you do. You lead by example. It's not like, oh, we got to force everybody to integrate. That's pro- that's part of how we got here now. Expecting people that are and, so riddled with trauma that they can't even access that neurological well, state, they though. Work it out. They got to work it out to be useful to them. Yeah, we're useful. all Man, riddled with trauma, that's, dude. And so, that's, that's, so what you're talking about is an integration of a facet of human sacrifice into your paradigm. Well, I don't know about human sacrifice, but. That's what it is. You're sacrificing their entire energy. I'm not sacrificing anybody. We don't have any control of them. What we're saying is the current paradigm that we're all being kind of forced or coerced into living under, the mask is off. We all kind of see what it is. It's something that's going to, it, it benefits from exploitation. It needs exploitation. It needs misery. It needs dominance, and it needs talk about capital dominated, <laughs> and and it's unsustainable. It's unsustainable. It's not creating stability in the world. It's resulting in more and more 
discontent and 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 for the for the illusion of abundance that it provides yeah you know we have more food than ever to feed the world yeah and people are fucking sick with all kinds of fucked up shit more than ever too because we yeah we found a way to feed everybody on the cheap and make it economical and it's basically all poison so yeah this if you aren't paying attention to understand that that however we're choosing to live right now is not sustainable is not kind is not the ideal way if you had to start from the ground up then i just don't think you're paying attention and if you're not paying attention and you're just getting lost in it all and and you're in love with the illusion and you couldn't be bothered because you're completely distracted by all of the shiny lights and whistles and whatever and that's how you're ignoring your trauma i can't come into your world and be like wake the fuck up because you'll see that all the time people online right, man. bro you literally up, did bro. that to me no, we nope. That it, nope. That's not what we did. All we did yes. was talk to each other, and you were yeah. like, "I want to, I want to see this shit." You no. made the decision. It's an interactive dance, though. No, you. All we it did. Is, but we're not proselytizing. Doesn't we're, matter. We're, it's that's not the energetic exchange is still a, a mutual exchange. You're, you, you don't. You don't look, have look to at the know. difference here. But look at the difference here. It's of your own volition. It's not right. something. We, Showed up sure. on your door, handing out pamphlets, right. and like, are you showing up today? But that's We're gonna the bridge, you, Senator. That's yeah. the bridge. You guys shoot the information out. Another conscious agent shoots information up that line towards your node, right? Right. And then the exchange back and forth. It's I'm talking about something that happens so fast and so subtle, but it needs to be understood to really grasp what, saying, what you've been talking about. So, but to be clear. From day one, this is what Don has always been saying. I don't know what the fuck everybody else is doing. If y'all want to hunt vampires or wait for the mothership or live in caves or whatever the fuck everybody else is doing and to try to figure this out, cool. I'm not going to argue with you that you should be looking for something else. I'm going to do what I'm being compelled and led to do. And if you see the value in it, cool, come along. If not, cool. I'm not... I'm not trying to proselytize anybody. I'm just trying to live by example. And if I live I'm confused. By... Where did the accusation of proselytization come up? Because I don't ever remember. No, I'm, no, he... no, no, no. I'm hearing wasn't... it, and I'm like, wait, what? Because no, no, there... you guys are just doing you. No, no, but but that but that's what I mean is I think but that's what that's what the difference is. Everybody else, and that's why we're saying there's. It sounds fucked up, but there's not an obligation to force people to deal with their trauma and say, hey, snap out of it. You, no, need to, you need to get out of this way of thinking. You either are already alert to it, and if everything that's going on in the world right now hasn't shaken you alert, you're probably never going to wake up, or I'm not going to be able to convince you. If you think uh, you know, race, dinosaur racism, bigotry, or being angry, or being hateful, there's all kinds of tribalism that invariably is, is coming up. All we're saying is, listen, we understand the natural um, per propensity for tribalism to pop up in humanity. And at, at the end of the day, it's really the only way that you're going to have anything where there's some sort of semblance of civilization. You need people to be tribal in order for civilization to exist. People need to be bound together in a common theme. We're just saying 
after thousands and thousands of years of data, right, and history books with humanity's credit report, what we're capable of doing, what we have the tendency to do when the weapons get big enough and the power expands enough, we're saying this shit keeps leading to the fuckery. The fuckery is destroying the planet, making everybody miserable and unfulfilled. And we believe that the only way out of that is for human beings to practice a new form of tribalism where it's not based upon race, religion, it's based upon values. That's and it. You're, you're talking because about anarcho-communism. All, all the other things, it's all inevitable that people get over on you. And there's absolutely the ease to be deceived. Because if the extent of your thinking is, oh, well, they're Jews too, so I guess whatever they're doing, we're it's the not. same. Let's just right. do it. Well, we've right. thrown right and wrong out of the window. We've, right. we've, we've, we've thrown cause and effect out of the window. Because if we right. say, well, listen, some of these actions that we're doing is producing horrible effects right. in the world. Right. Yeah, but that's what we're doing. And you're one of us. <laughs> yeah. You're a train that we're all forced to go down. So that's the pitfall of tribalism uh, uh, under any other kind of paradigm. But right. vibration tribalism is all the values and moral animuses are already baked into the cake and understood from the get-go in an intentional community. We're yeah. here because we don't want to fuck people over. We don't want to make everything and have the end result is when the product gets off the conveyor belt. It's covered in blood, right? And, and people with power take advantage of the people without power. And so the only way that we can, because if that's just how the world works, the only way to get away from it is neo-Amishness. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And and I and I and I I'm not gonna fight anybody or debate anybody that that's the best thing. If you think if hey we'll just vote the right guy in, we'll just change this. Fuck if that. we just buy our clothes from here, if Fuck we that. just buy our juices from here, yeah, then this because that you can go to a sales convention for fucking knives or doorbells, and you'll have an arena full of people screaming about how they're changing the world, and this is the best shit ever. <laughs> You know, we sell the absolute best vitamin D supplements. And yeah, because in all of those things, those dudes want to make money. So they want to get you excited about mm -hmm. the very thing that's going to make them money. So, yeah, you can find that level of enthusiasm and hysteria uh, under all kinds of different banners. But at, at the end of the day, in my experience, from what I've seen, there's there's some sort of exploitative relationship if you're going to do it within this context and be successful. Mm -hmm. yeah, so there's, no, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism is the phrase. Get, get what you can get. Use the system to get your escape pod out of the system and then go make something better and do okay. it before everything falls apart. I, I um, absolutely do not disagree with any of that, nor do I agree. I want to acknowledge. Hey, I you think, think I, I want to talk to you about it. Huh? But but you could you you're it's absolutely your right too if you'd like to and I wouldn't fight you about it. Well, what I mean is I'm just acknowledging that what you said is in fact a reality. Period. Okay. It's it's Don't, a valid and real, thought out, causal and affected analyze analyzed, real reality. Okay, I, I I get it. I don't. There's no energy of anything other than observation and discussion. Right. Right. So what you're describing with the, with the escape pod, think of it like fungal spores, right, Don? Absolutely. Right? It's fungal spores. 
you're just because you're participating in this enforced conditions of participation doesn't mean you are of that. If you're using money to survive right now, it doesn't make you a fucking capitalist, right? If you're stuck in the paradigm of capitalism while you're doing whatever, you know, you're a homeless person and you still think capitalism is great, you're a capital capitalist, capitalismist, right? You don't have any fucking capital, but you sure believe in capitalism. Do you follow me? Yeah. Okay. So if you're using money to create these spores and this change is rippling through our environment, I, I kind of want to just acknowledge that there's material realities around that and set it aside for a moment. Whether there's guilt or not is, is, is a valid conversation that I would purposely like to set aside. Word? For sure. Okay, Follow. so when that spore lands, it's going to create a colony, the beginnings of a colony, correct? That's the intentional yep. community, right? So, yeah. so here's the thing. Mycelium are dope. They're like our brains that evolved on different paths, but they're like still kind of part of our brains in the larger scheme of things. So we act like them all the time. So the spores of your quote unquote escape pod, uh, when they germinate and the, the, the colony begins, we can talk about the economics of that in our ability to this is what this is what I wanted to bring up earlier. That sense of I need to avoid the trauma wave. Um, that like, uh, oh, fuck, what was it? You described it as an aversion and a, and a guilt thing, but it, w it was way deeper than just guilt. It was a really, uh, fuck, what was it? I fucking hate when I do this shit. I fucking lose it. The, the spore is the community. The escape pod the, money. The, the, the community is the uh -huh. colony right the spore yeah. is the is the 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 fungal the the metaphysical material around the seed but it's just not a seed that's not how funguses work but the spore is holding the information safe in our current envi environment one of an accessible level of access to create that protection of the the, the spore is probably going to involve money it doesn't matter how anybody feels about that on like a scientific level, other than how feelings affect behaviors and how behaviors affect economies, right? Right. So it's guaranteed that while you're using money to create this spore, this escape pod, which doesn't, you know, if the, to keep the metaphor succinct, no one's moving around and collecting things yet. The, the escape pod, the spore, is the idea of the money that allows for the decisions to affect reality in community, right? I think I follow you so far. So the, the, the money is the fuel for all the decisions that the community is making. It's, it's an it's aspect of the container of the spiritual spore. The intent, right? The intent that will... It's, it's energy. Money, it's, the money is the energy. The money is the protection around the energy. It is the energy. It's not the protection around. It is I, the energy. You're gonna have to break that down for me because I just can't. See because that that's what money is. It's currency. Money is nothing. Money is an idea that we. Money is energy. Use it's as currency. A, yeah, it's currency. But, but but everything has currency. Literally everything. You show me something that doesn't have currency between something else. Show me. But the money is the currency that fuels. It, it creates everything that we're trying to put into action. It facilitates all of that. 
it, exactly. You it can wraps, use it to it, guard it wraps, yourself. It wraps around the spirit. The, the idea that you have, the vision you have that involves a million dollars already fucking exists in your head right now. It's already building. And your connection to the environment that you've actualized on your the land that you're living on, with your family, how you've been interconnecting to nature itself and finding these synchronicities and patterns are so rich with stacked functions and interconnected currencies of of exchange of data and influence from that exchange, which always has cause and effect. Like it, you can map this shit, you know, and this is the real big question I wanted to ask you guys, because I know it's been a long time, but I wanted to bring this something practical. Using the vision and language and, 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 and calibration that you guys have been using for me as a conscious agent to drift in enough to be in alignment that there's no negation, but there's still exchange that allows for change and growth. How can I integrate with that information and take this financial data and aim it at folks that are doing things like creating co-housing projects where they're nonprofits and there's a trust and they have stock in these amazing co-housing where they're like, the whole house is literally dedicated to like healing again and again and again and again and again and again. And it's like, all mapped out economically, the, the nonprofit mechanics are all in place and there's all these genius, amazing geniuses running it and putting in all this labor doing the basic maintenance of these houses while also like literally bringing people right out of jail or out of domestic violence situations and going, you're safe, we're gonna heal you, we're gonna help you get on your feet, you're on your feet, okay, now get out of here, we're watching, but you got this, okay, you got this, next, right? That exists on a level where stocks also exist. Can I, can anybody, like, how does that work? Is profit motive the only thing that drives this, this work, this financial will work? Or can, can it be aimed at something that's not at all supposed to generate profit? It's supposed to just generate pure healing. Well, what I would say is that it can apply itself any way you need it to. Even if they're a nonprofit, I'm positive beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you walked into them and handed them $100,000 right now, they would figure out a way to superimpose that onto whatever they needed, Immediate. which could be buying other houses or whatever. That's my point. It's, right. in, it's, it's inherently so it's not, it's plugged not, in. It's not complicated. It's not well, complicated at all. Well, I mean, stocks are complicated. So for instance- I'm, not, I'm talking about the money, not the stock. Well, that's what I was specifically trying to ask about. So if there's a nonprofit that these people are building, this is that woman I wanted you to talk to, Shannon. Right, I She's, remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. She, she, she I'm, I don't understand a lot of this. I'm not educated, but she's got this alignment of weird nonprofit labyrinthian paperwork and behavioral organization with her and her crew that is exactly what, when you guys are like, well, you got to build it. I'm like, guys, they're fucking building it. And it's integrated into capitalism because it has to be. So how can we use these capitalistic mechanisms to feed commie-ass shit? If the capitalists are going to say, okay, look, in a truly free market, sure, do your commie shit. So can we work together in a way that's not pandering, that's not, that has actual, like, tangible burning results? We talk about hard work and labor, that labor... Yeah, they're living. doing it right now. They're well, doing it. Right, so how do we take it to the next level? Like, so here's the thing. It if depends I buy, on... If I buy stock, hold on, if I buy stock in some cocaine ass business i know that the return on my stocks is guaranteed because of addiction in our culture 
But it doesn't matter if it's addiction to drugs, addiction to food, addiction to entertainment, addiction to social behaviors. It doesn't matter. I know that there's any number of businesses I can throw my dollars at, and I'll get a return because human behavior is predictable when it comes to consumption. So what if the same mechanisms that are justifying all that also are actually allowing for something that counters that very, like, it is. Thing. But here's the thing. I know it is. So what I'm asking is that because it's doing that, how does just like a schmo like me who make who's li literally living in poverty engage in that right now instead of, well, I'm going to hope you hope it all works out for you guys, even though it's like a tremendously difficult work that sure could use as much help as possible. I'm going to go focus on this other thing that's unrelated and make a million dollars so I can buy some stocks that bumps the value that and you guys are never going to make profit because it's not a profit. It's a healing thing. So what incentive would I have to invest other than the result of having to step away for a long enough time to accrue that that mean that that's even given that, like, I don't get hit by a car tomorrow or something like how if does, you're investing in the outcome, if you're investing in the outcome, the profit is the healing. But that but that doesn't pay the rent. <laughs> no, healing, healing doesn't. If we valued healing in our culture, our organizing practices would probably be a lot different. And a lot of these conversations right. would be superfluous. But, but capitalism at least allows us the freedom to say, if we choose to put our money where our values are, we can choose to put a premium on this healing. And uh, I, I would assume that there has to be some benefactors involved that are donating to this woman's work to make it possible, because you're right. They're, you should, ha you should have them on. Have them on and talk to them because they're doing yeah, something. That would be dope. But, but I'm sure work, you get money selling cocaine than you do helping people. You know, helping people, there's not an immediate fiscal reward from that, but there is maybe a long-term positive for society and civilization. The, the problem is uh, with, with communism, you've got a value system that's coming from the top down, and you may not already always get yeah. Um, That's so wrong. Right communism now. is not a karyarchy. It is not a karyarchy. Anybody it, that implies a karyarchy on communism is talking about state communism. That's right. a specific that, thing. That's the only. That's the only communism that that is practiced. But I mean, we, your whole vision is communism. You're just calling a commune something but, different. But I'm not going to argue about what you're calling this conventional communism. When when they build their but compound, they can call it anarcho-communist. That's not what this one is. The principles are structurally the same. The naming is it's similar. Uh, it's similar. I mean, how are they? How are they different? Apostolic Church. We, we don't have time. We don't have time to go this deep. On <laughs> uh, we don't have time. It's almost been three hours. Damn. So what I'm gonna do is what I'm gonna say is this: any type of way that with with the, with the thing that they're building, they're obviously not concerned with turning a profit in the work that they're doing. They're concerned with helping people and creating a positive impact in people's lives. Mm -hmm. Other people can figure out how to flow money into their situation, flow the currency into their situation so they can use it however they see fit, whether it's to house more people, buy more properties or whatever. And that would be up to them because it's going to function within their paradigm. What you can do from outside of that to generate revenue is like what I said earlier, intellectual property. Other than ah. this is why we farm intellectual property so, to create so, value. Interesting. Yeah, because that they're resistant to that. 
when I approached them earlier, I was offering just free service. I was like, hey, can we get your, can we, me and some friends are working on getting a website up for them. And I'm not savvy with the tech side of it. So I can only describe the social interactions, but the, the, the Donna, the Seva that we're doing is just free labor to help. Now that I, I didn't even realize this until you just said that, basically to to do that, like okay, you guys got to start getting your shit out there and bringing in stuff in, right. in that matrix. So here's the thing: is I noticed this. It's just uh, this. I think this is a powerful thing. When I brought up the idea of branding, I got big resistant energy because they're so resistant to. There's that reflex of like, no, we're focusing on healing. You know what I mean? Of course, so, yeah. So I don't I don't want to wrong that or write that. You know what I mean? That's well, the, that's, yeah, I, but I totally understand why they would have that energy because of what they're doing and right. what the word branding and what right. it sounds like, what right. it implies. But it's just a misunderstanding. What yeah. they what they may not be seeing from where they are is there is m literal millions of dollars waiting for them if they would brand themselves properly, present what they're doing for, for people to consume. As much as you love it, there's hundreds of thousands of people who would love to see them on YouTube, love to hear them talking about their experiences, the foundational elements of why they did what they did. There's, there's th hundreds of thousands of people who would watch that and they would make money because the people watched it. So they may not understand how this is connected right now, but that what they're doing is intellectual property. Well, the idea of what they created is intellectual. Just like we watch, I watched people who did permaculture before I had this property. I mm -hmm. found value in that. They got value from me watching. There was no actual exchange. There was no actual transaction. Like, there's, you know, in the fundamental sense, there wasn't a, so I didn't much go, exactly. I didn't go to them and give them money because they taught me something. That's what I'm saying. Right, it wasn't right. a traditional transaction, right, but right. I watched it. I got something, they got something and yeah. everything improved because we had that interaction. Yeah. So, but what they're thinking about is something different eventually they may come to this conclusion on their own. They may see it on their own and decide to start blogging or, or start podcasting or start making videos for YouTube because there's an infinitely scalable value in yes. that system. And that's why we do it. That's exactly why we do it. You got to have them on, man. Because the reality is, is you can't just continue to run that thing and um, make it sustainable if it's relying completely on the volunteer labor of people who believe in it. It's not volunteer. It's they, it's a nonprofit. So they get money from, you know, grants and stuff, but, but like sure. their story, this is where I'm hitting my wall of ignorance. You got to have them on like this. Is I where will. You guys... We'll set it up. Yeah, absolutely. We'll set it up. And, and I liked what you talked about too, with the gray area of like, okay, I'm making money in the stock market by selling cocaine. But when I get my cocaine profits, I'm putting it in this house of healing. And, yes. and, and the unfortunate reality, and I get what it is, because moral people with moral aims, that's where we get fucked up because we're gentle as doves, but we're not wise like serpents, where you got to kind of operate within that gray area to 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 make that, and, and it sucks. It sucks because it's like, I would rather just be able to do this absolute good without any filthiness on the other end. But until you're independently wealthy, until you have your compound, until you have your an intentional community where you have full autonomy about the, the uh, regarding the, the morality of those relationships that you cultivate, you gotta sell some cocaine. So, so the result, the, the, 
the post cocaine result. Well, I, no, I get it, but the, the that exists right now. Tinky, yeah. you gotta check out dama.org. It is a worldwide organization that is fucking high functioning, zero profit, 100% from the top down around in every direction, volunteer run and donation funded. And it's thriving. It is just check out dama.org. Check out Vipassana. It is, even if you strip away all the metaphysical shit and just look at the organizing tactics, it's fucking, you think the Amish got it. They do. But welcome to the Eastern Amish. <laughs> and they're way sexier. <laughs> but, but at the, but, but he, the thing about this, though, is it still relies on donations. So but you don't understand yet how it, propulsive the consciousness is. No, no, I, I, There's people I, tripping over each other. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let him make his point. I'm sorry, but, but no, that's okay. I'm just saying though, at some point, somebody had to create value that that was able to generate the wealth to donate that thing that they believed in. in and in, the, right. the thing is, is there may not be profit in healing, even though it's a societal need. And it's a societal shared value. It's not something that everybody needs, and it's not something that's profitable. Because when you give that someone a need, that that need for healing, it doesn't create anything immediately on the back end that someone else is going to. Uh, that's 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 uh, untrue. That's so, untrue. So, I'm okay. I'm I literally just witnessed. I would say it like this: Get a people, a group of people together that make soap and sell soap. And get a people, a group of people that get together and make healing. Bro, and they exist. Scary. That's what I'm trying to say. They exist but they're, right but, now. They're but they're funded by people who make and sell soap. No, and they're not. So that's what I said. Listen to me. They to, won't let you give them money if you haven't sat for ten days in meditation first. They will not take your donation. That's fine, they but are, they still need money. That but they still need money to exist. And that money was created by making and selling some soap. At the end of the day, yeah, somewhere, something, yeah, yeah. Yeah, somewhere. somewhere. What I'm trying to say is that it, this community, this intentional community that exists worldwide and is fully fucking functional, it literally rinses what you're talking about. And it's, it's a bold claim, but you had a guest on here who, uh, I think he's the guy who's got his own podcast now, but he was talking about cleaning the money and that hit me in a really irritating way, but it stuck with me, which means I had something to learn. If you check out Dhamma.org, the organization, fuck all the religious or not shit, like whatever you perceive around that, just wipe it aside. Look at the, look at the economics of it. It's because they have found a way to turn sharing into something that's so fucking ecstatic <laughs> on like a subatomic level that you know the people that i mixed with there i would i would have been too ideologically reactive to have shared space with prior and i didn't even know that who they were until we could talk to each other and i was like oh this dude's a landlord on teleproperties and I, I all of a sudden there's all this new information that comes into this really powerful information and it just gets a lot more complex there's no easy answers to this for sure but the, these things do exist. This vision you speak of, when you're saying, do this, do that, it's being done. It's of course it is. This is and, the way. 
Yeah. This, this is the way. I can't suggest enough each of you doing one of these 10-day sits either. It's fucking amazing. Fucking paradigm-changing shit. It's absolutely free. You give whatever the fuck you want. I guarantee you, if you do the work like most people seem to be doing there, you'll be like lining up to be like, hey, uh, what, what work do you need me to do around here? How can I, how can I help you get cleaned up for the next round? Pepping your step from it, for sure. It's beyond that. It's like a desire to offer through labor while also benefiting oneself in an alignment with others that is so not tied to ideology. It's so fucking scientific. It's so scientific. And it's not tied to any religion. It's not. Like, they have echoes of it. That's that's the whole thing. What's that? It's voluntary. 100%. and the, right, and that's the biggest distinction is on the intentional community or the self-work is something that someone is choosing to do. When you talk about it as like communism versus capitalism, in a communist paradigm, it's somebody whose values you may not agree with, but because you're born on that particular piece of geography, you just have to do shit. It's not because well, you voluntarily so, so share in the vision. Let's, let's unpack that a little bit because we'll do it. we don't have time to unpack uh, well, we'll, okay, do fine. Fine. we'll, we'll, we'll continue this conversation at a later date. We'll pick this back up. <laughs> I love you guys. We're, we're you. rocking at three hours right now, but I definitely enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate you coming on and telling us what you uh, recently experienced. I definitely appreciate it, but uh, I think it's uh, I think it's time for us to put a bow on this one, <laughs> so we can keep the keep the algorithm fed properly. We don't want to go too far. With yeah. this episode, we're right at three hours. But I, like I said, I'll definitely check that website out. It's uh, dhamma.org. And I will definitely try to get um, the people you're talking about on the show in the very near future so we can talk about what they're doing and, and the yeah. results they're getting. Because it sounds it sounds awesome. It's amazing. I love so, it. So, so um, You described it. We were talking on the phone. You were like, if this thing existed, I'm like, bro, <laughs> fucking yeah, right. I know, dude. I, I know people are doing it. But that, that, that's one thing. And it needs to spread. More people it does. need to, it. to spread. Yeah. More need people to spread. need to enact it. And that's what I'm working to do on my own frequency in my own capacity is something very similar. You know what you, I'm saying? So yeah, I think this is the way. I think this is where we're all gonna have to head toward in the near future if we expect to uh and to to be in any longevity as as a species, I think this is the type of shit that we're gonna have to start embracing yeah. and making a reality on a large scale. That's yeah. what I think. That's my opinion. So, but again, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on and talking with us as usual. And uh, yes. yeah, man, I'll talk. To, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll talk to you soon. Much love. Thank you, guys. It's All a right, pleasure and an honor. Blessing to have you, man. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you. I'll check you later. Peace. Peace. Yeah, dude. So, <laughs> how to uh, remove one person, keep the call going? Like, yeah. So, confusion there. But uh, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to. I heard you talking on the tail end. And again, I would never hang up on you. <laughs> it's it all never good. Happened. Just it's all good. Okay. Good. I just wanted to make sure we, uh, I wanted to make sure we ended the show properly, easing out, because that was totally like, I know he would have went on for another hour trying I to get us. We had an eight hour podcast. We could have been <laughs> midnight for sure.
Yeah, 100%. He wasn't going to stop. He was. He wanted to unpack it and tell us that we're anarcho-communists. And I was just like, I'm, I'm not doing that right now. And that's fine. <laughs> which is, it's another episode. Yeah, yeah, totally another episode. But I get it. I have these interactions a lot, especially with, with him, because he has a lot of these uh, alignments and connections to these other ideologies. And him knowing it the way he knows it, he sees similarities in what we're talking about. And he's like, oh, that's communism. That's this you're talking about. You're just doing this. And I'm like, bro, I can't get into why it's not, because part of my thing is I'm not going to argue with you about it. When you build your compound, you can put, hang, fly whatever flag you want to fly. You could call it whatever you want to call it, but that's not what's happening over here, bro. That's just not it. But I get it. I, I understand it. And he's definitely uh, evolving at a at a rapid rate. It is, it is a completely different person than who we spoke to the first time we had him on. Oh, a thousand percent. And the yeah. common thread, regardless of all the ideological um, uh, boxes and insignias you want to put on something, the, the common thread is compassion. Yeah. Compassion for human beings, wanting to see things get better, improve beyond what they are. So, you know, and we have these these terms and these things that, you know, we have to think in and, and, and that we use to describe these things. And there's going to be some overlap. So I get it. But I, I yeah, and, and we'll have the other one. And I'm sure it'll be like five or six hours long. We may have to make it a two parter. But there, there's I don't think he has really gone in. um to like all the negative connotations that come with that. You know what I mean? I think he's just seeing the positives of communism. Right. And admittedly, there is there is some overlap. So I could totally hear somebody hearing what we're talking about. I'm like, gee, motherfuckers, it just, this is some communistic cult shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> this isn't anything new. It's right. Slightly different. There's a few distinctions. There's a little more purposeful aim and there's a little more accepting of uh, re realistic demands that are around. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to be valuable in some way. And so food is the most important thing. People need entertainment, but the reality is we probably won't make as much money sharing bananas as we will growing hemp. And we probably won't make as much money growing hemp as we will animating patriarchy. You know, it's just it's just what the demands of people are. You know what I'm saying? Right. There would be more people who want to know who patriarchy is going to slap on the ass next and whisper failure into her ear. You know, what, who's he going to who's he going to do this to next week more so than, you know, how right. these bananas. But that, that's why you need a diversified portfolio. For sure. You know what I'm saying? It all it all has its purpose, especially all of these things that come from our musings and ravings or whatever they want to call it. All of these things serve a purpose. All of these ideas were delivered for a reason. And if we continue to farm it all, I think we end up in a place that's more abundant than if we would have just said, oh, we can't do this. We only got to do that. And when you're diverse like that, you just bring in resources from so many different directions. You just have, I mean, it, it stacks up and you just have more options once things start to pile up. So I'm I'm down. I'm 100% locked into this shit. And the further we go, the more sense it's going to make. It made very little sense a year ago when we started this. For most people who were listening to it, it was like, oh, yeah, it's like you said, it sounds like some cult shit. Now, the further we go, the more people are agreeing, but they, you know, they have to pick out 
certain parts they don't like and but the foundation of what they're what they're proposing is very similar to what we've been talking about this whole time and that's why i said build it under whatever whatever flag you want to build it under build it and prove to us that you can be self-sustained and fulfilled without fucking bothering up with other people and trying to tear their shit down because it's not good enough because that's the escapism if you build a nazi compound and all you decide to do is go attack a black compound or a gay compound that means you don't really want to spend time in your own shit right and you, nobody just escapism yeah so fuck all that dude you know i'm once once i build this compound the way we want to build it I don't think there will be a reason to leave unless I want to go have some Thai food or some sushi or something like that. Like, I'm going to be completely holistically fulfilled and content with what's going on inside the walls of that compound. And that's the point. If you can't do that, you need to make some changes. That's cool. But if we don't have a sushi chef on site, I don't know how to <laughs> Well, I still want to, I still want to be a benefit to the surrounding community. You know what I mean? I still want to go, you know what I'm saying? I want to, you know, take my kids to the arcade, Dave and Buster's and shit, let them play some video games. Like, you know, we still want to be a benefit to the community. I don't want to be completely closed off. You know, we can go to Sushi Spot every now and then just to bless somebody up, give them a nice tip and shit, and be seen out in the world with all our cult regalia. Like, they need to see us. Sure. <laughs> they need to see two men in headdresses go in and order some California rolls. Right, exactly. So they can be like, who are these guys glowing with such fulfillment? I need to see what they're into. Like, yes, you maybe you do. Here's our website. Make a few donations and then we can talk. Yeah, come through. But money first. Money first. <laughs> you need to front load it with donations and then we'll talk to you. <laughs> And and it's it's the um and that's what I was just thinking too that that's how we should have flipped it back on on the initiate is you know oh yeah that sounds exactly like communism no 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 communism sounds a lot like our cult right. the cult <laughs> is the ancient idea the cult is the archetype and communism is a perversion of it it took it took the best components and intermingled it with some violent oppressive shit yep so there'll, there'll be no hostages on the compound. It's all yep. voluntary, voluntary labor. Yep, there it is, dude. There it is. I think we, we figured it out. We're getting closer every day. All my crypto is waking up. That shit's on the bull run right now. I'm happy. And it's only a matter of time before we're fucking multimillionaires. So life is beautiful. Two million on the crypto, I'm cashing out. I'm, I'm yeah. cashing out. I'm paying my capital gains tax right away. I don't have the balls that you do. I'm paying them <laughs> right away. They're not going to have to come look for me. And then I'm taking the rest and I'm buying the plot of land and then living off the rest. And then free up the time, work the farm, animate patriarchy and dead name. And then when more comes in and then we upscale. The the, the plan is clear. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 100%. I'm, I'm sold and I can't see any way. I mean, of course, the, the path is never straight from A to B, but I don't see any future where intentional community, uh, food forest, self-sufficiency, and mining intellectual property are not three of the most important things that you can have working in your favor in whatever future that we move into. The, this is the path to the utopia, the shit that they're talking about when he says shit like, how about just transcending the need for, like transcending the idea of poverty? It's like, if you could have saw me facepalm when he said that, it's like, bro, this is what do you what do you mean transcend the idea of poverty? You're talking about who know well, maybe not thousands of but but humans are gonna have to evolve. That's metaphysics or we're fuck talk. 
That's what that is. Because how do you expect humans to transcend this thing just as an idea to just outgrow the concept of poverty? That doesn't come without evolution. We have to evolve. Something major is going to have to take place. Like I said, maybe it's a comet with some kind of fungus that makes you compassionate. Whatever it is, something major is going to have to take place for humans to change in the way that they need to change. Because uh, the longer this shit goes on, the less time we have for people to do five years of self-work and have a few dope uh, mushroom sessions and meditate for a few years. And like the longer this goes on, the less time we have for that. It's going to have to be the compassion fungus. Listen, in the same way that we had to evolve past dinosaur racist bigotry, uh, we have to evolve past Cinnabon scarcity violence. (laughs) If if that's what you want to call poverty, if that's what he meant about transcending poverty, I agree. We got to transcend Cinnabon scarcity violence. (laughs) Plague amongst people. (laughs) And we got to, we got to get more, uh, more voodoo paper. We, we definitely need more sheets of uh, world leader voodoo paper. Listen, you, you can't you can't eat without pictures of George Washington. You can't do it. Isn't he great? Doesn't it just doesn't it just get an indelible impression on your subconscious to associate this wigged man with your ability to eat food? Yeah, I mean it's voodoo. It's all voodoo. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It is, dude. But yeah, man, I'm uh I'm happy to be back into the swing of things. I definitely missed recording last week. I don't think our listeners will know what happened since I always got one in the tank, so there won't be any real gap <laughs> in our uploads, but we didn't record last week because of the Cali trip, and um, I spoke a little bit of, about it at the beginning. It was super dope. You know, we had a, I, I ate some awesome food, saw some cool things, met some cool people. I got my, uh, my existence, my power reaffirmed while I was out there several times. People just kept saying cool shit to me. Like we were shopping in this one store and this lady's like, your spirit guides are with you big time today. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm in the vortex. (laughs) I was totally like, I was owning my shit. She was like, yeah, your energy is just filling up this room right now. I'm like, yep, that's that's me (laughs) in a nutshell. That's how I roll. A guy in the, the, uh, I was in the store about to buy some drinks and shit. Like we're looking for iced teas and all that. Cause we were smoking like, oh my God, it's California, it's legal. It's smoking like crazy. So I'm like, we need some drinks. I go in the store to buy drinks, and some, like, Italian guy walks up to me, and he goes, what's happening, Baba Yaga? <laughs> Motherfucker <laughs> called me Baba Yaga. <laughs> but he was so cool about it. Like, I wasn't offended or nothing. I knew what he meant, and he knew I knew what he meant. He was like, yeah, Baba Yaga, like he found a Pokemon or something. He was so happy. And yeah. the shit, it just, it made my night. It was the funniest shit ever, bro. Yeah, it, it just that, that the whole trip was charmed, and I said it would be. As soon as I was like getting on the plane to leave, I was like, "This is just gonna be dope. Everything's gonna be smooth." Then I get on the plane, and the whole plane's packed except the seat between me and the person I was sitting next to. I was like, "See, this is just this is gonna be the whole trip. I'm just gonna get privilege," and I did, dude. We had a dope psychedelic experience out there. Everything was just awesome. So, I'm I'm uh I'm happy to be back. I'm charged up. I'm ready to put some more work in. So, yeah, dude, I'm, uh, yeah, it's happening. It's happening. I'm just, I'm happy. Yeah, that's exciting, man. And I like, I like that you got a glimpse of cracking the matrix. Yeah. Like, right there in the simulation, like, yeah, yeah, everybody in the simulation recognizes me. Right. As them. <laughs> super comfortable. Right. I right. that plane, but I got some space. It's supposed to be like this. 
Exactly. And me owning it the way I was, like, because I was on the trip and I, I was so confident, like, I'm just going to make this be just a flow in the wave the whole time. And it really was. And it just taught me it's not about the trip. It's not about California. It's about your confidence and your willingness to make this be true. The, and the universe is not here to block you from that experience. It's here to help you flow right through it. So I'm definitely carrying that with a little bit more, uh, a little bit more confidence and and a little bit more deliberate than I had been. So I, I'm definitely happy to have uh, at least, at the very least, having that with me right now is 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 major. It's powerful. I'm grateful for it, yo. There's nothing like being a, a dude who understands who you are and another guy walking up to you calling you Baba Yaga, bro. That shit is. That's a. <laughs> that shit is, <laughs> Epic, son. He was like, "Yo, you the boogeyman, and I know it. I'm just, I see you, son." And I was like, "You're absolutely right." <laughs> it's just great. It yeah, was so man, good. That's why I got my own seat. That's how that <laughs> works. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But yeah, man. So I'm gonna get it here. My lady's almost back with the boys. She took them out to the park, do a little skating day, and pick me up a little, a little food treat. So she's on her way back right now. And I'm just going to enjoy the rest of the night. I'm going to do a little bit more writing tonight. I've been working on the uh, the uh, Garden of Self book. So I'm going to do a little bit more writing tonight. Anybody who's listening, make sure you visit uh, www.sweetco.art. That's S-W-T-K-O dot art. Check the shop. Cop some stickers, some prints, some T-shirts, some hats, whatever you see fit. Just carry the vibe with you. It's intentioned art and apparel. There's none of it is just random. Everything is made with the intention of spreading positive vibes and keeping you confident moving around in this world. So everything in there has the same energy. So if you feel like you want to spread some love and some some uh, upful positive vibes, that's the place to go. Link up, sweetco.art. I appreciate you. Thank you in advance. Absolutely. Support the intentional community. And when you take those vibes with you, you will get your own seat on the plane. Legally, he can't tell you that, but I feel very comfortable in letting yeah. you know. We'll get what you said. Exactly what he said. I agree. I guarantee it. <laughs> All right, brother. Enjoy the rest of your night, man. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking soon. All right, brother. Peace, man. Always a pleasure, bro. Bless.